I'd like to welcome along now Eugene Donnelly. Eugene, you're very welcome along. Thanks for having me. Um, seems a bit funny being interviewed with no rallies going on, yeah. but um, I suppose it's it's uh, it's something to do. And uh, you guys are all trying really hard with your podcast, so um, absolutely, I'm glad to be a part of it. You know, brilliant, brilliant. So, like coming from County Derry, I suppose the Donegal Rally was part of your annual calendar before you started competing, was it? I uh, well, I suppose growing up, you know, motorsport, you know, it's always been always been around motorsport and from a very young age growing up in a background where my father had Ford cars and the Ford Escort being predominantly the car um, for the family when I was a kid and then you know turned out even the Mark 1 the Mark 2 turned out to be a great race car so or a great rally car so the biggest rally that I remember obviously is the circuit of Ireland but then the next biggest thing being close to home was Donegal mm-hmm. um, and like the greatest or the first real memories I have it is Charlie, my brother, who's three or four years older than me, would have been heading off on the, the June weekend to watch the rally when I'd only been a kid, like maybe mm-hmm. 12 or 13, you know. So, um, yeah, it, it grew over the years to being the pinnacle event. Uh, so when I started to compete, like that's the rally you wanted to compete in. And I think my first event was 1986, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like I was only 19 when I did my first run or did my first Donegal mm-hmm. and um, ah look I mean you, you I, I, I'm not sure what age you are but I'm sure people remember mm-hmm. the them them years like the 80s were just yeah. unbelievable like yeah. the crowds even like even for somebody me starting way back down the 40s 50s um, I think that first rally I, I came second or third in the class in the in a Pinto Escort Mm-hmm. And I might have finished, I don't know, maybe 13th or 14th overall. Um, so, you know, for my first Donegal rally, it was a fantastic result. So yeah. I almost sampled that whole atmosphere of the ramp and the winners on the ramps, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's like a drug. Like, you had to keep mm-hmm. coming back. Coming back then, I would have no turning back then at that stage, you know. No, <laughs> once you got the taste of that, there's no going back, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that we you know we'll skip forward a few years into the the G three, and it was two thousand that you had the phenomenal result, and I think you're like eighth overall, leading two wheel drive, like that was some car. Hmm. Um, I suppose the G three was one of the the cars that really started the whole rear wheel drive escort revolution and hmm. big power, big wheels, big brakes. Um, you know, modified suspension, taking more out of the dampers of the car, going for maximum grip rather than, you know, the the tail out escort Mark II style. Mm-hmm. Um, that car had phenomenal power, and even even till their Millican engines today, that car would you know, that engine was a warrior, two point four warrior engine. You know, it would stand up till them the day the power that those yeah. Millicans are putting out. Like now, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be as good as them, but it wouldn't be a million miles away. Mm-hmm. So for the car that it was um, to go to Donegal in that year, uh, uh, you know, I didn't expect to get the kind of results I was getting out of it. But one of the days was extremely wet, um, and one of the days was very dry. Uh, well, the Sunday was very dry. Um, and when it, the stages started to dry out, oh, man, the car was going through rear tires like you wouldn't believe. Like, I mean, um, Philip Moynihan just loved to see me coming. <laughs> Yeah, I was putting two rear tires on it, I think, every stage on the Sunday. 
because the weather got very hot as well. Right. The thing was just tearing the gutties of herself. She was just uh -huh. oh, brutal power. And we didn't have rag or suspension. Um, what you had was a Bilstein coilover in the back of it. And while it did a good enough job, it, it you know, it, it, the car would have had a lot of wheel spin in a straight line. Right. So it was just tearing the back tires of itself. But the result was fantastic. Um, I mean, I didn't, we, we'd done a few rallies with before we went to Nigal that year. Um, but like, I just drove the wheels of it. And I think it was, as a driver, I was coming into my own at that stage as well. I was learning how to drive a car fast rather than drive it for entertainment. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I had a great, you know, I had a great crew of people around me. And mm -hmm. Derek McGeehan was very instrumental in making that car work. Um, and I wouldn't say he gave me so many tips on how to drive it, but he, you know, he, he would have kept the focus on, you know, keeping the car as straight as possible and, and getting it up the gears and mm -hmm. keeping the power, you know, keeping it on the power rather than revving it out all the time and mm -hmm. fast changing or short shifting it and things like that there. So mm -hmm. um, it was an event I learned a lot in, but I would say it was, you know, one of the, one of the coming of a driver's age that I um, had, had learned the most and got the most success out of you yeah know? and like that's the rally that he said that bertie fisher was following the rally in his helicopter and he always stayed stayed to see you coming through like you know <laughs> he, he just enjoyed the, your style of driving like that must have given you some lift to hear the likes of that at that time oh definitely like um god rest his soul but he, he he was a great advocate and a great support to me um again like years before he passed like he, he uh i met him a lot of times um and uh, like, you know, every bit of help that he could give me, he pointed me in the direction. Um, he introduced me to people that um, I remained, you know, close allies with my whole career. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he, like even down to the point of introducing me to people that helped me financially. Um, he was, you know, he barely was a great supporter now, there's no doubt about it. Now, I don't know whether it was my style of driving um, or what it was, or he just enjoyed the flamboyance of the whole thing, um, but, um, he used to always crack a smile now when they would come walking up to us and ask us how we were getting on, you know. So, mm. um, but yeah, it was a great feeling to have him as as one of my top supporters. Yeah. <laughs> and then to be two thousand and three, you'd moved on. Then you were into the the big time. You're in the world rally car. Like you finished second that year to Andrew Nesbitt, and I remember hearing you talking at the rump. And like this was like this was Christmas for you. You'd come second in Donegal. This was just. You were you were just giddy, I think would be the right word, would it? <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. You were drunk on the emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the, the, from two thousand and two, like from the G three days through till really till we bought the Corolla in two thousand and four. I mean, I crammed a lot of rallying in there and a lot of different cars. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I did the Forestry Championship in a BDA Escort, and then continued to do it with the Celica four wheel drive GT four. Yeah. Um, and then I'd done the national championship in 2003 in, in a, a 98 Subaru World Car. Mm -hmm. And I'd done some tarmac championships with that car as well. Um, a car we hired from Stan Harper. And um, in 2003, Paul Cayley and I, you know, we, we, we'd done some event and, and the conversation came up about Donegal. We have to go to Donegal. And uh, in 2003, the car I, I used was Niall McGuire's. Um, she was a 98 world car, right. or sorry, a 99, 99. world car, which was, yeah. a, was a step up from what I had been using. It had fully active diffs all around. Okay. Um, 
it had a slightly different anti-lag on it. Um, but I remember we, we didn't even do real testing in the car. We went out to Brina, I think, and did a couple of runs. And I remember saying to Paul, oh, geez, this thing, you could feel it in the steering of it. You could feel the rear diff active in it. You could feel the car taking so much more grip. It wasn't a huge amount more power, but certainly a little, a little bit more um, sharper down low. Mm -hmm. But just the overall grip level you were getting from it. And like we obviously had to insure the cars at that time. They were a huge amount of money. Mm -hmm. But I remember starting the first stage and thinking to myself, oh, I really can't hit this car. And, you know, you're, that's in the back of your head yeah. the whole time. But mm -hmm. as the event grew and we were using Kumo tires at the time and Kumo were working with us to develop the tire and I was having to push it to the very max. And that just started to come naturally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the times were never too far away. And as the event went along, like suddenly just was ourselves and, and Andrew and, you know, we were leading everybody else. So mm -hmm. you, know, you weren't going to beat Andrew Nesbitt and Donegal. Um, and I tried very hard over the years. <laughs> but um, like it, it just was a coming of age of, of you know, the four wheel drive era and, and mm -hmm. my, my introduction to that whole top level of the sport. Um, but absolutely, when I finished that rally, like it was like winning. Like, I mean, we were so excited. And then to have drove the car right on its edge. Like, I mean, I think Andrew that year was in a, an S8 or S9, like the car, you know, we had a good you second a mile on us. <laughs> yeah, he had, had a good second mile on us over the machinery. But, um, you know, to wring the neck of that 99 car was, was a great feeling, like, you know. And then to hand it back to Niall McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to worry about the repair bill. I don't mean that in a bad way. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I didn't. We didn't do the car any harm running, but um, uh -huh. uh, it was a good feeling. Yes. Uh -huh. And then you know we skip forward into 04. Yet you know the, the beloved Corolla. You know the car that will probably forever associate it with Eugene Donnelly. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean the, the the Corolla like that year was. Uh, you know, parts of it are just a blur in one sense because there was so much crammed into it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, right from buying the car and going to Galway and, you know, having a fantastic result there and rolling it all to land in Donegal, you know, not being the favourite in Donegal, not being, uh, you know, expecting too much, you know, mm -hmm. the car was still a wee bit outdated, albeit that Derek and Eric Weavers, Derek McGeehan and Eric Weavers were working very hard on, you know, within the regulations at the time to try to take the maximum out of the car on mm -hmm. Irish tarmac. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, the car had spent a uh, time in in Ian Greer's and Ian Greer's hands in Ireland before mm -hmm. I got it, but they never were fit to take the most out of it. Yes. Um, and I think that's where Eric Weavers really worked hard on damper settings and um, on, you know, the differential settings and different shims and you know different mm -hmm. mapping for the ECU zone. Um, so to go to Donegal that year and be as competitive as we were. Um, mm -hmm albeit that we all know the, the famous incident that happened. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like, again, a real committed drive on, on the rally. Um, mm -hmm. The team was totally behind us. Um, as I say, we were always closely linked with Kumo Tires. Um, you know, it was, it was like being in an environment where, you know, you had a works team around you because yes. everybody had their job and they were all supporting Paul and I. Uh -huh. um, so to, to, 
be as competitive on that rally as we were really in our first year with the car. It was, it was really good. Because mm -hmm. really all you had to do was get in and drive. You didn't have to be concerned about anything else. That, you know, that makes um, a difference, doesn't it? You know, so. ah, absolutely nothing. Um, you know, Charlie was a great, great support. Mm -hmm. um, Derek obviously engineered the car. I never had to worry about it. You know, I go and maybe do a small test before an event, even as big as Donegal. Um, and I just knew the car between the two of them, they would have it very, very close. And all I would ever change on them maybe was one or two clicks, which left me very lazy throughout my career because I never took much interest in setting the cars up. Right. So later, as cars became more, you know, closely tuned, mm -hmm. I didn't have a full understanding how to tune them because mm -hmm. Derek and Charlie always did that. So um, that left me a bit lazy in that direction. <laughs> but as you say, you know, you go to a big event like Donegal in 2004, you know, yeah, we had done the event before and, you know, we had we had great success in it, but never anticipated that we had a chance to win, you know, mm -hmm. never anticipated that. Like, and you were going so well all day Friday, all day Saturday, had built up something like was it 23, 24 seconds in Andrew, the rain come and the old Wiley Fox, you know, started playing mind games. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, people might say he got the better of me as the main games, but he never got the better of Paul Cayley. I can tell you that. <laughs> and I think he would admit that himself. Yeah. Um, I think it got to the finish uh, in, in the later parts of our, both our careers as, at, mm -hmm. at the top level. Um, Paul and him would just stay apart. And it wasn't that they weren't friends running, but no. the main <laughs> games between the two of them used to be unbelievable. I'd look... You know, Andrew was a true professional and his aim every year was to win Donegal um, and he just wanted it more than the rest of us. Mm -hmm. um, and that's all I can say. Yeah. Um, on that Saturday evening, sure, we were having a great dice, but I really think in the back of my head, which maybe, you know, maybe left Andrew that he had the edge on me, that I'd gone into Nakala, it wouldn't have mattered what I had and it wouldn't matter what tires I had on the car. It wouldn't matter what the weather was. Nakala was his stage. He right. just... He just had it mastered and mm -hmm. you know there's a couple of stages in Donegal he had the mastered more so than anybody else and mm -hmm. um, High Glen was the other stage you know you go into them two stages and you just know Andrew Nelson's going to beat you like he's going to take a second a mile at least right. yes damage limitation and you know if you can put pressure on him somewhere else in the rally that's okay. what it was about mm -hmm. but you knew going to them two stages you were beat and maybe that was a problem that I give in till that I should have not I should have listened to Paul and Charlie and not mm -hmm. let him get into my head that way, but yes, how mm -hmm. he did. Yes. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, he got out with a pen knife and slashed the tires and did all sorts of carry on. <laughs> that Saturday, I don't know, whatever he took 25 seconds or something out of us. It. it was a colossal amount of time, and uh -huh. it was, it was oh, like yeah. a calendar he took out of us, you know. Uh -huh. Fair play, then, yeah. And like, you know, at the end of the Sunday evening, you were the guy that you know that was behind the man going up onto the ramp. Like, what a feeling that must have been then. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, this, this is 2004 you're chatting yeah, about, uh -huh. yeah? Yeah. Well, um, in 2004, I think I won the rally in 2004. That was the uh -huh. year. I hear the incident in Port Lake, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Port Lake, so. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, look, everybody knows the, the incident that, mm -hmm. uh, well, all the runner racks do anyway, probably yes. everybody's watching this stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ah, look, you know, it's been talked to, uh, to death a million times, but, um, you know, there's a lot of rage in one sense because, you know, not, not because Andrew had the accident or anything, no, but, no. mm -hmm. but I suppose him being the competitor that he is, 
uh, he would have tried everything to stay in the rally. He made a mistake. Yeah. What I had done, what he done? No, I, I would have tried to make sure the stage was open for every other competitor and minimise mm. my damage and go down the road as fast as I could. Right. Um, because I'm pretty sure if he had got the car going and stayed in front of me, he still would have won the rally because yeah. he had that good a lead mm -hmm. and his car wasn't damaged. So therefore, you know, he did continue the rally under protest. Mm -hmm. um, so the chicken shenanigans after the event or after you know the incident mm -hmm. um you know i i suppose we kept a cool head the organizers did their job um it came out that he made the mistake i won the rally um not the way i would have liked to win the rally but mm -hmm. you know a win's a win in some yeah. cases you know um and when we're talking about andrew nesbitt and donegal i'll i'll take that one and he yes. did <laughs> Um, and you know it's funny over the years him and I have never really had a problem about the incident no um, albeit that there was a few allegations through at each other at the time oh, uh -huh. typical racing incident yeah. or typical competitors we you know we want to make the story as big as we can on our yeah. side uh -huh. it was all, all things thrown about like well you know he tried to kill me, but he's running into <laughs> me, and uh, he tried to block me by doing different things. You know, yeah. These these comments are not useful, but no. they do happen. And uh, yeah. when the whole thing was over, Andrew wished me best yeah. of luck and congratulated me. And mm -hmm. you know, I think that uh, that shows we're very tough competitors. It shows yeah. that we how much we wanted to win the rally. But it also shows that at the end of the day we respect each other. You know? Yeah, like in the clubs, Teclan, you know, you'll do Adam for that second, but once you know, whenever it's all over, shake hands, move on to the next event and start again, isn't it? Kind of thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, look, I mean, uh, the media made a big thing about it at the time as well, and it's good television, like. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's thrilling, isn't it? Yeah, so, mm -hmm. yeah, it was one of the highest rated RPM programs I think ever to be aired. Um, so you know, made great yeah. um, and you know, I've traveled, I've traveled a good bit with motorsport around, you know, around Europe, and mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's been brought up to me several times <laughs> instead of driving into Andrew Nesbitt, you yeah. know. So got plenty of air, airplay, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. So like back then to two thousand and five, repeat um, success. I think battle again with, uh, sorry, with Nesbitt again. He went off then Saturday morning. Like that's a different kind of a one. Like it must have been hard to manage the manage the rally yeah. from Saturday onwards. Yeah. yeah, again, I think the the um the main games, <clears throat> you know, switched that that particular rally that you know we knew that Andrew was the big competitor. Um, but you know, he did have a lot of other fast guys in there. Yeah. Um, but he was the guy to beat and in 2005. You know, we approached the rally. I certainly approached it differently. I approached it with a lot more aggression, and I approached it with a lot more positivity. That I knew I could win the rally, um, albeit I still had a question mark about the ability of the car because you know we we had to wring the neck of the car every time, mm -hmm. and it was on a on a fine edge that you were keeping it on the road. Um, and there's lots of incidents, not just in the Donegal rally where the car has been trimming the ditches with you know inches or not even inches millimeters to spare by staying on the road or going off the road and that's mm -hmm. the way you had to drive it to get the times out of it but on that rally as you pointed out um andrew went off quite early in his own stage mm -hmm. uh, 
knock Alla. Like, I mean, again, another very famous uh, clip of him going off, but compose myself and drive the rally within my limits without, you know, taking, leaving the gap too small to the competitors behind mm -hmm. and trying to focus on getting to the end and making sure the car stayed going and making sure the car had no problems. Mm -hmm. um, and I've not been too sore on it. That was a, a bit of a challenge, you see, and so on, because Donegal's a huge rally, like it's a long, long rally, like, and I think in them days it was up on 300 kilometers the stages like so like that's three you know full national rallies one after the other you know mm -hmm. um so i mean towards the end of it i think <laughs> i think we were all on edge so it was such a massive relief to come off atlantic drive and mm -hmm. i couldn't believe i'd won it a second time uh and i think again there's a, a fairly famous tv clip where i jump out of the car and jump on top of charlie yes uh -huh. you know I nearly brack us back the pure man but um <laughs> That's how excited I was, and, yeah. and you know, again, this belief that I had won it for a second time. Yeah. And like, um, I suppose it's like a, a pressure valve just built up all weekend, and that coming off Atlantic Drive, it just <laughs> exploded at the end. But it? I, I think nobody, well, maybe I'm wrong in saying that, but it's hard to describe the atmosphere when you finish the rally, when you're driving into Letterkenny, you know, you, you go back to service or maybe a roadside service, and you get the car washed, and you know, you thank the crew and you have your own little small celebration, but it's only people that have ever experienced it that, you know, Paul and I sitting in that car driving at Lair Kenny and when you're coming in through Milford or, you know, any of the villages you pass through heading back to Lair Kenny on a Donegal weekend, going to the finish ramp, having won the rally. And I mean, everybody that you meet will have known you won the rally and the cheers of them and the atmosphere just builds and builds and builds as you get closer mm -hmm. to Kenny, And, you know, you've been there. The place is jammed and mm -hmm. you're driving through tunnels of people like. Mm -hmm. You can't describe that. Like, you just have to describe it. It's, it's hairs in the back. Oh, the hairs are standing up there. Yeah, it makes hairs stand in the back of your head like, and mm -hmm. goosebumps. Like. Yes. Uh, it's just undescribable. Like. Um, it's one of those moments in life that you never forget, number mm -hmm. one. But Number two, bits real, you know, mm -hmm. and you know to do that, you know, two years in a row. The first year was you're just, you know, uh, white-eyed in the headlights. Mm -hmm. The second year, you could enjoy it, and you knew what was coming, and you knew, and you could see all the faces and the happiness that you know you brought. It was, mm -hmm. it was genuine warmth and genuine happiness that we won the rally. Mm -hmm. Sit inside that car with Paul, and. You know, it's a moment shared, like it's, mm -hmm. it's 40, 50 minutes driving into Canada County that's shared with the person who works as hard as I did to win those events and to put the effort into it. Nobody's in that car. It's just the twos and you have your headsets on and you can mm -hmm. have, you know, a very, um, you know, a very one-to-one -one conversation and share something that, mm -hmm. as I say, very, very few people will experience. Yeah. You know, it's mm -hmm. just brilliant. Magic, magic. And then 2006, back to defend, go for the three in the row. It was going well on the Friday, but then fate inter, uh, intervened. The car wasn't fire. Yeah, it's a simple, simple thing. And uh, again, no no uh, fault of Derek or anybody working on the car or anything like uh -huh. that there. Um, just a hydraulic pipe on the top of the engine in a funny place. Uh -huh. um, it just came loose and, and you know, it let, it let um, high pressure oil out onto the turbo and went and fired. Mm -hmm. And 
that event now, I, I had a good feeling about that event. I had a good feeling. And it's, it's normally I don't, you know, normally I just go to a rally and I just take it as it comes. But I had a good feeling that, you know, we could have set the pace on that rally. And, you know, I looked at Andrew and Mark Higgins that were there in unknown cars and, you know, they were already had struggled with getting the car set up and the times weren't coming. And I knew Kevin Lynch and I, you know, we were having a bit of a battle and I, I knew you had more in me, not much mind you, but I knew as the rally progressed, we were going to get quicker. Mm-hmm. And coming off that stage and that thing on fire, you know, the car, I knew the car was on fire a couple of miles before we got to the end, okay. but there was nobody with fire extinguishers. And I knew it was quite fast and I could right. keep the flames running underneath the car. Mm-hmm. So when I got to the, the, the stop control, like I went straight for the fire extinguishers because, you know, yeah. the car could have went on fire. It's, a lot mm-hmm. of money down the drain, you yes. know, and probably we had the car only insured for half the value because that's what you did. Like, you, mm-hmm. you didn't think you might have an accident. I thought, think, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you didn't think you would have a total loss. Like, so that was a fair hair racing moment now to get mm-hmm. the car put out and make sure that, you know, we, we actually could even continue. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we suffered. We didn't lose much time on that stage, but then I had to drive, I think, maybe a stage or two stages with no turbo. Yeah, because it was it affected the whole operation of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, got into service, got the car repaired, and started the fight back on Saturday and Sunday. Never, my heart was never in it. No, no it, it must be hard to get the motivation then again, is it? Then to yeah, pick yourself I was up never again. in it to set a fastest time running. And and I remember going down through the rally afterwards and looking at the times and mm-hmm. thinking, could have went harder there, or could I done this, or would I had a different tire on there if it was at the pinnacle of it and. It's definitely the one that got away and it would have been nice to have three in a row, like definitely mm-hmm. would have, but it wasn't meant to be, you know. Yeah. Um, and I can't really complain because, you know, Donegal has been so good to me. So up until that point, so yeah. I couldn't really complain, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Plus we went on to won another championship. So yeah. um, mm-hmm. and I, I think, think I think that rally continuing, the choice to continue on it, because mm-hmm. I mean, I think we were five, four minutes down or something. Mm-hmm. So... To, to make the choice to go on ahead and finish the rally. And I think we maybe got fifth or sixth, mm-hmm. fifth or sixth points for, for the championship. It was pinnacle to do that because we wouldn't have won the championship unless I had won yeah. that. So. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you consider too, that at that point, the Corolla was six, seven years out of eight, really, compared to the likes of Andrew's car or the latest Subarus or whatever. Like to be still, able to take it to that level was unbelievable. It shows you like what Derek and uh, Eric Weavers and yourself was putting into that car. Yeah, well, I mean, as I say, it was a complete team effort and we were taking the car way beyond where it should have been. Um, but I say, no, that wasn't just me as a driver. Yeah. You know, Charlie mm-hmm. played a big part. You know, obviously Derek played a part and Paul played a massive part in it as well because yeah. Paul could relate a lot of things no, I was driving by the skin of my teeth. I had 10 tenths all the time. But Paul could, you know, he could relay information back to Derek and to Charlie. You know, okay. he, he could give information that the car was twitchy here or he noticed I was fighting it there. And, right. you know, they could work on doing whatever adjustments that and they we thought. we here and there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Paul would say to them, oh, that's better. Whereas I was just, as I said, rabbit in the headlights. Mm-hmm. I was hanging on for a grim death and driving the nuts of the thing, you know. And it, that was my style of driving. No matter how bad the car was, I would just drive away at it. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, you know, that 
that's where the team effort came into it to make the car get the results that it mm-hmm. got. Like, um, so I mean, as you say, I think it was seven or eight year old at that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was a fantastic effort to get what we did out of the car, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously, budgets were a big thing. Like, we didn't have you know, we didn't have a massive budget. Like, albeit that you know, I had very good supporters, but mm-hmm. you know, we couldn't have walked out and I don't know at that time probably do a championship it was like you know 250 300 grand to run a car for a year yeah. you know, we didn't have that we didn't have that sort of budget like no um no it still was considerable what we were doing yes um considerable okay. amount of money like but um so we, we had to work with what we had and we had to live within our means you know mm-hmm. yeah so like 2007 then you had made the, the made the jump up to the the next level as such you know the the current spec car and all the the subaru uh, this is the year that Mr. Logue decided to come to visit. Like, how, like, how much of a buzz did that bring to the rally that weekend? Like, the world champion and the world championship won in car, you know, yeah. coming to you know the event that you had won must have been a lovely thing. Well, again, um, a bit surreal. Some of it, mm-hmm. uh, very surreal. Like the start of that season and, and managing to acquire the car. I mean, 2006, we knew the Corolla. We, we had done enough, like, and I was going to have an accident. There was no two ways about it. Driving it on the limit that I was driving it, I think even the last two events that I did in it, I, I remember saying to Paul, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going up to where I was because it's too dangerous. And, you know, we knew we, knew we just couldn't continue. So, you know, I, I started the, the whole process of, you know, putting myself in a position to buy the Subaru and then finding the support to run it. And, you know, again, there was a lot of good people involved in the actual acquiring the car. Mm-hmm. Um, well, <laughs> if, at the end of the day, I had to pay for it. Like, but <laughs> <laughs> running it was a totally different ballgame. And when I say, um, you know, a couple of 300 grand to run these cars for a season, you can put that out the one day when it comes to a Subaru, like yes. at that time, you know. Uh-huh. So, I mean, we, we started well with the actual understand the car and how to get the speed out of it, albeit that we had an accident on the first the first rally. But mm-hmm. the time we got to Donegal, we had a fairly good understanding of where we needed to be. Mm-hmm. The team was a wee bit fragmented, I think, as everybody knows, we were, you know, we were sported by Reed Motorsport at the time and mm-hmm. we'd switched tires, which wasn't a great move um, because the tire wasn't, you know, I struggled to understand it a bit. But we got ourselves into a reasonably good position. Mm-hmm. Started the rally well. Um, you know, beat Loeb on the first stage, um, I think, and maybe the second stage. Um, come into service on the second time over Brina, made the biggest rookie error of my life behind the wheel of the car. Mm-hmm. I just cut a corner that was said, don't cut. Mm-hmm. And I knew the bloody road, and I knew there was a fucking rock in there. Mm-hmm. And what did I do? I went right in and punctured <laughs> the bloody thing. Mm-hmm. Now, that wasn't bad enough. What I did then was complete fuck up like got to the end of the stage maybe only lost 30 or 40 seconds maybe you know got out changed the wheel i go back into the car as paul was putting the tools back in and all the rest and them cars are extremely sensitive to putting into gear mm-hmm. so you know it was a knob that you put it into first gear or into reverse right so when you put it into reverse and you reverse it back and you go to put it into first gear, you've got to let the car idle before you snap it into first gear. Okay. Oh, sure, what did I do? I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I'd hit the throttle and I clicked it into reverse and the big bang. 
and she broke something in the gearbox. Now, it didn't transpire what had broken in the gearbox until I started the next stage. So mm-hmm. it turned out that I'd only fourth, fifth and sixth gear. Right. I struggled through the stage and I had two stages to do. So I had dropped a huge amount of time. Like, I mm-hmm. can't remember now, maybe two or three minutes. Maybe you have the times in front of you there. Yeah. Tell me, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I dropped a bag of time, like maybe two minutes. Yes. So, you know, we were disheartened again. It was like 2006. Mm-hmm. Nothing to go for. Yeah. But as the rally went on, and, you know, I don't know where we were at the end of the first day, but on the second day, we started to pick it up and pick it up. And as the rally went on, we were back up into third. We got another puncture. So that took us further away from the two leaders, from mm-hmm. Mark and, and Globally. But our times were starting to scratch on theirs. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got to meet um, Loeb over the weekend and Daniel Allen and, and, and Paul mm-hmm. built up a bit of a friendship through smoking cigarettes <laughs> and talking shit. Like, <laughs> um, so on the Saturday weekend, I said, you know, we, we, we talked to Loeb on the, on the Saturday night and we were saying to him about the classic Sunday stages, you know, Mm-hmm. Glen Village and Atlantic Drive. So he says, uh, I can't remember what way the conversation came around, but I said, I'm, I'm going to have a rattle at the first stage in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. see if I can take 10 seconds out of you, you know, or something <laughs> like that. So he was up for the challenge, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Who did we think we were, you know? But it was great banter, you know? Yes. And um, I, think I, I think he only took maybe three or four seconds out of us. Yeah. So it kind of opened his eyes and he went, oh, shit, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So we were running on a similar tire on him. And I think he was more interested where I was getting the speed out of the tire, you know. Okay. Yeah. And again, an Atlantic drive was very, very close. So this was mm-hmm. the day that Paul often talked about. We were starting to come off the stages and Loeb was pulled in and Ella was hanging out of the car waiting on us to come to get the time and he'd be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I think I remember starting um, playing stage the second time around, you know, and mm-hmm. we were all back behind the car smoking fags and yeah. like schoolboys in the back of the shed, you know, and what tire pressures are you running, you know, and all this shit, like, you know. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, but it was a, a, um, a surreal day and the fact that we were, you know, take time with him yeah. and coming very close to his times. Mm-hmm. Um, but a disappointing pill to have swallowed to make the mistakes on the first day and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. lose so much time that maybe I could have been in there with a shout with them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that that's the disappointment, but the bittersweet yes. was getting to know Sebastian Loeb on a... On mm-hmm. a on a legal playing field, like, you know, that's like, you know, somebody playing for like Finn Harps, you know, getting a game with Messi or whatever, you know, like, it, just, it just doesn't happen. Does <laughs> that, it, that's know? a good way of putting it, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. way of putting it, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, but I mean, like, I've met Lowe on many occasions afterwards, like, and he's always been very polite and very, um, I don't know what the right word is, but obviously come over and yeah. we've talked and he'll always mention Ireland and his time in Donegal and then obviously he came back then, um, in, in court that year and we yeah. had a great time in court, we actually had a great time in court, great bit of crack with him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, those are relationships that you never would have met these people unless through Donegal Rally. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's loads of famous people that have came to Donegal that, you know, I'm I'm recognised because of my wins there. So yes. you know, it's it's 
Donegal's been good that way, you know? Yes. Very good. Mm-hmm. But as you said, I think at the start of that question, you were asking, you know, what, what was going through your mind whenever you knew Sebastian Lowe was coming to Donegal? Well, she remembered the fever pitch that it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the crowds, the flipping crowds were unbelievable, like, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. So to be up running third and fourth on the road and, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of cars behind him and, you know, and that whole atmosphere, just undescribable times. And like, you know, at that time, like, uh, the media sort of portrayed Lube as a kind of a robot nearly, that, you know, it was just one in rallies. It was, you know, go do a rally, finish, go to the next rally, one, go to the next rally. To see mm-hmm. that there, you know, the... The, the human behind it, like he was a rally head behind it all, wasn't he? Too, oh, <laughs> a complete, a complete nut job in that sense, you know. Uh-huh. Speed, speed, speed. But, like, I mean, he he didn't. There was a lot of talk at the time that they underestimated Donegal. Mm-hmm. They actually did underestimate Donegal, they did not get it right on the first day, yeah. and that's why, right to the very end, he was so intentive on who was coming close to his times and why. And that's why the interrogation was on Paul and I. You know, where do we get the time out of? Yeah. Because he obviously, you know, he had his notes to the T. Mm-hmm. He had his, you know, he had his car set as well as he could get it. He was on the best tires. The, mm-hmm. You know, the jam pots were turned up as far as it could go. Like, you know, <laughs> he, he he wanted to, you know, figure out where he was losing any time. So, all complete rally up. Then on the other side of it, professional driver getting mm-hmm. paid to do a big job. So, yes. it was up to him to... Make sure mm-hmm. that that job was done to the best of his ability. Yeah, I could. I remember. I think it was uh, Damien Conley who were talking at the time that the the IRC come to the circuit and and like I was saying, you know, like what was the real difference between Andreas Mickelson and Robert Barber? Well, he says the main difference is Andreas Mickelson will be away driving the rally car on Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe in Portugal. Robert Barrow will, will be back selling cars in a, a garage in Dublin. Like it's that seat yeah. time, it's that professionalism. This is what they do. This is their bread and butter, you know. So yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I can looking back on it, I suppose we were could have been classed as semi-professional because we did eight big rallies a year. You probably would have done as many t- days testing, um, developing different things and you know, we had sponsors to look after and do things for them and mm-hmm. trying to make the car better and then bring the team together and everybody understand the position. Um, and then there was the financial aspect of it as well. Like yeah. that had to be run like a business. So you, you couldn't go to these lately, these rallies and take them lightly at mm-hmm. that level. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but then these other guys are a different story. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we'd have been quite fond of going doing the recce a couple of days before the rally Maybe the day before the rally, not you know taking a day of rest, but you'd have been slipping in in the evening and having a few pints and having a big steak, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't have been thinking too much of being out for a jog or going to the gym or a swim or anything to get there. <laughs> These guys would have been, you know, they would have been at their peak of their fitness, like mm-hmm. yeah. never did. That, you know? mm-hmm. And then you know, we'll skip forward then. Two thousand and nine, um, but two thousand eight, two thousand nine, like Derek McGee and Weavers and all again. The, the Skoda Fabia, probably fair to say, like, and also ran in the WRC, but to bring that car to Ireland, completely sure. unknown quantity, to develop it into a rally one or once again. Like it's... Yeah, well, I suppose the whole story with the Skoda came after the Subaru. Mm-hmm. Like, as I say, I've made no bones about it. The, the cost to run the Subaru was just astronomical, and it still was in 
Subaru's hands in 2007, 8 and 9. Mm -hmm. So therefore, there was no back doors in around the technology or the run-ons of the cars. I mean, you know, I'd hate, them. I'd hate to even say, you know, publicly what it was costing to do that, to do an event in that car. It was, it was ludicrous. Even if I had been fit to find the money at the time, it just went against all morals. Like, you know, yeah. it just was wrong. Like, money was just crazy. So I, I decided, obviously, you know, pretty well publicly known what happened. You know, the sponsorship deal fell through mm -hmm. and the car was sold. And, you know, I said, right, okay, I want to stay rallying, but I want to rally at a level that I can can afford, you know. Mm -hmm. So we we it was Eric again said, look, guys, why don't you try a Skoda? Try it. Mm -hmm. So we hastily got the car over and got it ready for Rally Ireland, but there was a fundamental problem with the geometry. Um, it, we needed in between a tarmac and a gravel spec bottom mm -hmm. arms or something, and the only ones we had was you know was a gravel arm, and it was too wide to hold the part of the suspension and the ball or the, the uh, drives on a certain angle when you turned to steer and the drive was popping out. Anyway, I'm not the most technical person around them things, but so we, we tried the car in Rally Ireland and I think it probably would have done okay, but um, the drives popped out on us. So we, we went out of the rally very early. So I made a decision in, in January or sorry, before Christmas 2007 to just take a step back think uh, 2008, you know, troubled times were coming. The financial crisis was starting to loom. Mm -hmm. I was affected publicly, no different than anybody else. Um, but I thought I'd seen a window through everything. And I thought, okay, we'll work on the car. We'll get the car right. We'll not overspend. And we'll maybe do Donegal and maybe a couple of small rallies in the car in 2008. Mm -hmm. Get it into good shape. Build ourselves up and come back in 2009 and do the championship again. So I went to Donegal in 2008. Um, we tried a new tire, a Silverstone tire that had never been tried before. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, as Friday went along, we time started to come, the car fell into its own. Paul and I started to gel and we were just getting feelings of old times again. Um, we started on the Saturday morning and bang, 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 the time started to come. Car really started to come into its own. You know, when you get that, well, I can tell you when you're a driver and you get to get as one with a car, there's a feeling that you can't describe. You just Not you just become one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we were we were right there. Um, I think again it was Kevin Lynch was was the big mm -hmm. competitor at that time, and Kevin was firing everything but the kitchen sink at it, you know. Um, and we just got into the lead, and tragically the rally was cut short. Mm -hmm. um, and. I feel again, I had it well within my grasp to continue that rally and won it. Like, um, so that put me in great battle for the following year. I knew I could still get on the pace. Mm -hmm. I knew the car had the pace and there was more to come from it yeah. um, as we developed it. So 2008 Donegal, albeit the, you know, the, the, the tragic events, of, um, mm -hmm. I left with a very, very positive feeling and another one under my belt, yes. um, albeit a shorter rally, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then going into 2009, like, you know, look at, you know, the, the performance, but all in all year, and Donegal, like, uh, Gareth McHale was there that year in the, the latest spec uh, focus, and like, it was only the, the, basically the ultimate tower car at that time was the only thing that stood between you, and you were nipping in each other there for most of the rally, weren't you, too? Well, I, I, 
I, I remember the rally clearly because again, it's a bit like the 2006 rally, uh, you know, mechanical problem robbed me of the rally. Um, right. And if anybody, well, anybody was on the team would have told you mechanical things, oh, that drove me crazy, you know. And, not, no, and again, nothing to do with the people no. working on the car, nothing to do with Derek no. or Derek no. Weavers. I mean, just, just these things happen. Things happen, happen yeah. Mm-hmm. They used to crack me up or get my time penalty. Lost, I lost the head. Like. But in 2009, again, I had Paddy sitting with me in the car and I knew that Paddy and I had done a good few rallies. They were done the circuit and um, we'd done Galway and I think we had a couple of ones under our belt. So I was going there with plenty of confidence. Mm-hmm. I knew that I could compete with Garth, no problem. Um, albeit, you know, he had a good car and all the rest. And, uh, you know, I think nearly on the first stage, the car developed um, a center differential problem. Um, and, the, you know, the rear of the car wasn't taking grip correctly. She was nearly pulling on the front wheels all the time. So it was in the gearbox that she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to do three stages. And it was up in the Inishon Peninsula, wasn't it? That mm-hmm. year it started. Yeah. And we had three stages to do, three tough stages. And I think he got a big jump on me. He got 50 seconds of a jump on me. Okay. And I think then when we changed the gearbox, we might have incurred a penalty as well. Okay. Um, so, you know, the rally was over before it even Began. started. Right. And I did try to make a bit of a comeback through it a couple of times, try to get motivated to see could it take decent time off him. But, you know, a minute and a half or whatever it was, was too much to try and take off him. So I thought about the championship and I thought, you know what? I, I did the second place, good points. You know, another championship was still a great uh, feat. Mm-hmm. So again, Donegal played its part. Um, and securing a you know a very good second overall, um, mm-hmm. and again, you know what you see five years before it, um, if you had said you're going to get a second in Donegal Rally, mm-hmm. I'd have took it all day long. <laughs> and a Skoda, like you, you know. can imagine, you know. <laughs> exactly. To finish the top five in Donegal is a great achievement, you know, mm-hmm. or in the top yeah. ten even, you know, it's a great achievement. Mm-hmm. So again, you took a wee bit of a break away from the sport for a few years then. And it was 2016 you came back then in the mini. Like, yeah, I had another pop out of the mini. Uh, Again, look, the mini was never going to beat, you know, well, maybe I was a bit long in the tooth as well, but the mini was never going to beat the modern cars. Like, mm-hmm. um, albeit Derek did his very best with the cars. And they're fast cars, don't get me yeah. wrong. They lack that wee bit of power. Um, and he hits me giving the cars any criticism. So <laughs> I get that out there because yeah. he watches this, he say, oh, you shouldn't have criticized the car. But <laughs> look, they were good. They were great cars, great handling cars. The braking of them was phenomenal at the time. Mm-hmm. Just lacked that bit of power, mm-hmm. and you know, I tried the car. You know, I started two, three different championships with it. Um, and I always would go to Galway if I got a good result in Galway, I won, won. Mm-hmm. yeah. But again, they were expensive to run, like coming out of Pro Drive, yes, just a dear car to run. And I, you know, I enjoyed Donegal that year, I was tipping along, a bit disappointed that it was a bit closer to the times, mm-hmm. and I was just having a bit of a pop on the very last stage. And I broke myself into a chicane and did more damage than I care to mention. But mm-hmm. um, a disappointing result, all, and, and albeit that Manus had a fantastic battle yeah. with Keith mm-hmm. to win the rally that year. Yes. And, you know, I, I remember going back to Letter Kenny and thinking to myself, you know, I was delighted for Manus, absolutely yeah. delighted for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, a great, a great start of a great era for him. So, mm-hmm. um, 
I was disappointed not to be there at the ramp because I think it would have finished sixth or fifth or something like that. Uh -huh. So you'd have been in the mix. You would have been yes, there. Yes, you'd, you'd have got the buzz, but uh, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, look, it's good. Like, it's good. Yeah, mm -hmm. and like then you you've been back then in two thousand eighteen. You know, all the with the Hyundai at that stage. Um, yeah, well, the Hyundai project, um, mm -hmm. again, we tried a year-long thing with it, um, and the cars went on to great success. Yeah. Um, I just see there, it's been announced yesterday, that Craig has come back with MRF tyres to do the ERC again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Hyundai car, uh, uh, Robert tried, Robert Barbell tried it here in Ireland mm -hmm. in 2017. You know, he had some success and a bit of an accident with him. I just thought to myself, you know what, I'll go and I'll chat to Hyundai and I'll try and work with them. I had done a deal with uh, MRF Tires to start to develop their tires for them, mm -hmm. just to keep me in the sport and keep me involved in it. Yeah. So um, in 2018, I think we had a pretty good run for a car that you know was on a tire that it had never been on before. Yes. Um, and again, I probably would have been fairly rusty. Um, we had a damper set on the car that wasn't just, you know, the car didn't, wasn't content on it. Mm -hmm. um, I think I don't know. Did we finish in the top ten? Or... I think so. Yeah, that was just. I, I think you were aging right round about the top ten towards the end. You know, yeah. Yeah. So you know, it wasn't a bad result, and I mm -hmm. think we had a maybe a second fastest time. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, the, the signs was there that you know that I wasn't that rusty. You know, no, uh -huh, that the, uh, there was still some the, the the fire was still burning in your belly. Yeah, there's a bit of a fire there, you know. Yes. But it's mm -hmm. like what we spoke about earlier. You know, to go to do Donegal, it's a three day event. You really need to be on your game, and you need to be you, know, mm -hmm. you need to be fit. Like, I mean, I'm yeah. 54 now. Like, I mean, yeah. so that was, I was 52. You know, once you cross 50, it's not simple to keep that level of enthusiasm there, but also keep the level of fitness that it takes to drive the cars at the, the speed. You, you, see, I, you know, you see the likes of Brain and Devine and these guys now, like they are, they are athletes, you know, there's no doubt. Well, I mean, that, that was a shock to me in 2018, mm -hmm. you know, if we were still running fairly well up the field. So you've got to talk to all the lads, you know, and mm -hmm. Rob Dugan was there that year. And, right, yeah. you know, um, as you say, Callum was there and, you know, um, Keith was there. And, you know, I was just chatting to the lads, like, you know, they would all be very respectful to one another, but, mm -hmm. you know, you were asking them, you maybe didn't ask them, but conversations would lead into their training and, you know, how they were approaching the rally. And mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit, like, you know, these boys are out training five nights a week and, uh -huh. oh, I'm going flipping hell. <laughs> I'd hardly walk two kilometres, do you know what I mean? Um, like, but the only thing I did when I was rallying was I might have went to the pool a couple of times a week, you know, I was a good swimmer and uh -huh. I went. Not a chance. And what I did, weights, not a hope in hell. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I never would look at the fitness side of it. Mm -hmm. So they were on eating bananas and fruit and, you know, protein shakes and mm -hmm. going to the gym and <laughs> focused, like, wouldn't believe. Like, and here's me tipping around in one of these R5 cars acting the young fella, thinking <laughs> that I was going to beat them. <laughs> not hope, like, you know, yeah. not a hope, like. Mm -hmm. But, um, ah, look, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I don't knock it in any way, but it was it's a totally different environment today to drive those cars yes. uh, compared to what it was to drive the old Group A cars and WRC cars. Mm -hmm. I think I think to be honest, my my opinion is is that the cars today are very much like a one make championship, There's and I never believed between them yet. Mm -hmm. because I always believed that rallying was about all the elements, mm -hmm. the engineers, the tires, the dampers. 
the different types of cars. You know, you want something that has got lots of different variants in it, all albeit in a bit of a straight jacket of rules, like mm-hmm. but people could do different things with the cars, like we did with the Corolla and we did with the Skoda, yes. that made them perform where other people just couldn't do that. And that's yeah. where Derek was a part of the team. Mm-hmm. And that's where Charlie commented on, you know, on setup and tires and helping me as a driver. And that's where Paul came into it as a navigator. And, you know, they all played a huge role in how we performed. Yes. Um, whereas the cars now are so equal, you know, mm-hmm. they all have the same engine, same damper, same gearboxes. And, you know, they're so close. So therefore, it's really a one-make championship. Yeah. So it's down to the drivers really to, you know, find that last, last wee bit in it. And mm-hmm. get it out of the cars, not really. Like it's not in them. Like mm-hmm. it's all down to the drivers. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I suppose in true rallying spirit, well, that's what it's about. The fastest man wins. Or mm-hmm. I, I, my view on it would have been, it's not just all about the fastest man. It's about his team and the people yes. that's around him and the different tweaks that he can do. To the I cars. The keys that you can find that just can make the difference yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. like you take it back and and you know, and all all the years I was there, like. You had Kumo tires, you had Michelin, you had Pirelli, you had Dunlop. Yeah. So now we're looking at really we have Michelin and Pirelli. Like there's you know, there's mm-hmm. nobody else really mixing it in there. And they're the two most expensive tires. Yes. Whereas, you know, back then there was alternatives. Mm-hmm. And again, the cars now you have the Fiesta, you know, you have the Skoda, you have the Hyundai, you know, like they're all much of a muchness, they're all in around the same sort of money to buy. Yeah. Um and there's not much tinkering you can do with them to make them go faster. No, see? it all has to go back to the team. Imagine you buy parts, everything has to come yeah, from the, yeah, the manufacturer's team. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah pretty, much, pretty yeah. much. But I must say they're not as expensive to run as those old WRC cars. Whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Telephone numbers back then. <laughs> they were expensive, yes. years, you know. Yeah. And I suppose we should we should mention the Proton, you know, last year as well. Like another new adventure for you, uh, the first right hand drive homologated. R5 car. Like, this was another exciting project that probably didn't get off the ground properly. Hopefully now can never well, return. I like the the you know when whenever we did the Hyundai thing, I mean I I was always looking to do something different. And I think that's fairly obvious throughout my career. Mm-hmm. It was never about one thing or never about you know choosing the best and running what to see what happened. And I seen the project in in the Autosport show. And a couple of people said to me, you should go and look at the car. It's very close to the Hyundai, and I'd like the trait of the Hyundai to drive. It was mm-hmm. a nice car to drive. So, you know, it, 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 the Mitsubishi engine is used in it, the same as it's used in the Hyundai. Same gearbox, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Brembo brakes. You know, the car was very similarly engineered, and it was on Rager suspension, which was one thing that was slightly better than the Hyundai. So... I went to Miller's uh, or Miller's who MEM who, who built the car and they're not a big works team like they don't have a big manufacturer behind them mm-hmm. and I thought you know what these guys are trying and they're nice people and yeah. you know they're they're in the north of England there and small workshops knocking their pan in to try and make something work in the scale of as I say Skoda mm-hmm. M Sport Hyundai yeah. uh, Volkswagen big teams were spending millions developing these cars mm-hmm. and here's your man Chris Mellers up and you know a nice guy yeah. thinking to try and put a wee package together and do you know what he's not far away like yeah. you know mm-hmm. he produced something that was you know 
like look at his son Ollie. Ollie's yeah. gone out there and mm -hmm. you know he's not you know he's not affronting himself. I know no, he put no. uh, put in decent times uh, so yeah. I, I took the, the season I would try one of them. So we did a deal and bought one of the cars. So 2009 was a bit of a rocky road. Mm -hmm. the car never really been worked on tarmac, so there was a lot of things to learn and lots of things to work on the dampers and you know, there were some things that were fundamentally wrong, which we took time to change. Just through the year, it started to get better and better. And at the end of, you know, we went to Donegal. I still think we finished in the top 10. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, sure, it wasn't it wasn't on the times that the top guys were, but yeah. kind of the best of the rest, you know. Yeah, and the reliability and, was there too for a, a new oh, carry of the books too, which is vital yeah. as well, isn't it? Mm -hmm. and, and I think Donegal was a great learning curve for the tyre. Um, so we did three full days on a tyre that we had developed two or three months beforehand and the tyre performed really well. Um, the car had a bit of a problem the whole rally. It was down a little bit in power um, and we had a rear damper problem. So, you know, I was struggling a bit, but we still knocked in a lot of decent enough times. Yeah. So the package to finish Donegal, you know, an unknown tyre as such, an unknown car, Mm -hmm. First right-hand drive, Amalie Karen, go to Donegal, one of the biggest tarmac rallies in Europe, and finish in the top ten. Yeah. I, I don't think it was a bad no, effort. You no, know. take that all day. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, the finish, I would have took it. You know, mm -hmm. but again, you know, as as the thing developed, we were looking forward to getting back to Donegal in two thousand and twenty, mm -hmm. and you know, we'd done a great wee bit of work. Albeit that, you know, I didn't want to spend a huge amount of money on the car itself till, you know, we seen where the engine development was going and stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but we went to Cork at the end of 2019 and, mm -hmm. you know, I took a new navigator with me. I went on a bit of a fact-find mission uh, with some of the development we had done with the car and, hey, presto, you know, we were, I think we were second a kilometre off the pace. Yeah. So again... I take that like yes, that's a, that's a step forward from where you were. Oh, mm -hmm. Absolutely, like so. Mm -hmm. You know, 2020 before the lockdown, we did a couple of rallies. What? Well, we started Galway and again we had a fundamental problem with the turbos, so we didn't finish the rally. But you know, we did a couple of national rallies, and you know, it's, it's getting there. Like it's it's definitely getting there. So as you say, the thing was a bit cut short um, mm -hmm. with with the lockdown, but I was really looking forward to going to Donegal in 2020 to see. <laughs> You know to see where where the step had been mm -hmm. and probably i would have put a bit more effort into i lost a few pounds <laughs> i only lost a couple of stone <laughs> so look i was looking forward to doing it all in 2020 mm -hmm. uh, definitely i wouldn't have been going to win the rally or no, anything yes so i suppose now we'll start wrapping it up so like oh, you know, what makes Donegal so special? I suppose really that would be. <laughs> oh, if I had a pound for every time that I was asked that question. Yes. Um, look, it's it's. I suppose the nature of the rally being a three-day rally—that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it's a three-day rally, it attracts a certain amount of people to organise it, and a certain amount of professionalism to it. So. The rally wouldn't be the rally that it is without the people. So, but the fact that it's a three-day event that's held that status throughout Europe and throughout the years, and it's weathered the age of rallying, changing all over the time, mm -hmm. um, those people behind it really make the rally. 
Um, and therefore, you know, the, the effort that goes into them, goes into, you know, to the event and the enthusiasm goes into it, pours out into the local community and into the competitors and into the spectators. <laughs> so therefore, when you arrive in Donegal on the Thursday for scrutiny, you just um, you're absorbed by that buzz, whether you're there as a competitor or you're there as a spectator. There's just a happy feeling about it. It's a festival time. Um, so to put one thing and pick out one thing, that's what it is. It's the atmosphere around the event mm-hmm. and the atmosphere that makes the event. And, you know, if you go to Donegal for a weekend, you can guarantee you're going to visit the pub two or three times and you can guarantee you're going to have a laugh yeah. And you're guaranteed you're going to be entertained by the rally drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so everywhere you look, you know, there's no disappointment. No. <laughs> it's totally about the atmosphere. Yeah. And then one last one then is, like, of all them years competing, what's the one memory that, that just every time you think of Donegal, this is the one, this is it. Is it the, the first one? Is it the first time competing back in 86? Or... It is very difficult to pick one out because mm-hmm. I think it's unfair to pick one out. I have that many good times there. I mean, you know, we've brushed on a few of them here tonight, but yeah. I mean, go back to 1986, my first Donegal rally. Yeah. I mean, my brother Charlie sat with me in that rally and I, um, I have a funny feeling we, we finished second in the class yeah. in a two-meter mm-hmm. escort, like, which is yeah. a big, big feat. And, yeah. you know, we finished just outside the top 10. That was massively. Mm-hmm. Um, I won the class, the, the, the two liter 16 valve class, the Esker class, and I think it was 89 or 90. Right. Um, you know, that was a brilliant, I think might have been ninth or 10th overall that year. Okay. And then to go on and, you know, do it in the G3, a couple mm-hmm. of great years in the G3. These are all magical moments like, um, mm-hmm. And to stand up and hold that trophy, you know, having won the rally, well, you know, obviously that's that is, mm-hmm. well, that's just mind blowing stuff. But I suppose you know, really, if if you had to just pick one moment out, I suppose it is that moment coming off Atlantic Drive and jumping on the Charlies, mm-hmm. you know, jumping on him and having realised I won the rally twice. You know, that, that will always stand out in my mind. And maybe it's because it's on TV, you know, and it's mm-hmm. been shown plenty of times, but, you know, that, that's a pretty special moment. And, yeah. and to have my family there to share it, like, it was brilliant. You know? yeah. So, Eugene, thank you very much for taking the time for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure going down memory lane here with you. And Not hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll see you back in Letterkenny in June 2022. Ah, hopefully, aye. <laughs> yeah. A bit heavier and a few more years on me, but... <laughs> I'd like to be there again at some time and, and sure. uh, enjoy the rest. Yeah. <laughs> I hope everybody's enjoying the, enjoyed a bit of a chat tonight and yes. they look forward to Donegal as much as I do. Absolutely delighted now to welcome along Rory Kennedy. Rory, you're very welcome along. Thanks very much, Kevin. Um, looking forward to this. Uh, have another chat about the rally and the week that's in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'd be far rather talking on the stages, but this is, a, exactly. I suppose, is the next best thing. So um, your involvement with the rally goes way back to the, the late 70s, really? Or mid-70s, uh, maybe? Well, well, it goes without saying, um, Donegal Rally has been a huge part of my life ever since I was a youngster, even growing up, because my father before me competed in the rally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we used to go spectating and go uh, 
those servicing and stuff way back in the very early the early seventies and so on. Mm-hmm. And um, as I say, it became a huge part of my life. I started off with James Cullen, who is a neighbour of mine, and he and I teamed up together and went out and had a few rallies. And the worst thing that ever happened is was with success at the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so really, that that was the driver that kept us going, or that was the incentive, uh, the, or the aspiration to keep us going. And then as time went on, Vincent Bonner won the rally in '83. Him and Seamus again won in '83, and really. People often ask why is rally sports so strong in Donegal, and I firmly believe that that one when Benson won for the first time, local driver and local co-driver, you know, it created such a huge, huge um, uh, celebration and awareness, and everybody, I suppose, like any other sport, everybody aspired to be like Benson Bonner at that time. You know, yes. all the young drivers and co-drivers coming up, mm-hmm. I suppose, a bit like the football or the tennis or the golf or whatever, mm-hmm. you aspired to be like your heroes. And when we had a local hero like we weren't wanting, he was the one. Everybody wanted to emulate. Yeah, I, because that was such a big story. Like it took over the local papers, you know, and it went on for like a couple of weeks at that time. It was it was a massive story and, and such a feel-good story for Donegal. Oh, it was absolutely a feel-good story. I mean, it was when you have a local winner like that, and he wasn't he wasn't fancied at the beginning, if you like. I think he, he was number eight. I think that's mm-hmm. that's his picture behind you there yeah. going around the quarter <laughs> yeah. corner there, number eight. Uh, very famous photograph that. I mean, he wasn't fancied, but you know, he was there at the end. He was there a lot at the end. He was there all the way, and mm-hmm. he came he held on very strongly towards the end to win. And you know, Vincent Bonner's a he's a he's a hero in these parts and throughout the rest of Ireland, mm-hmm. and well known and very sporting, and lends his time to anything, any function, or any charity event that goes on now. And you know, uh, I was lucky enough to be his co-driver too for a good a good lot of years, mm-hmm. a good few rallies. We won a few rallies together and stuff. And I must say, hey, he's a top driver and a top man at the same time. Absolutely, absolutely. And then in 89, um, you got the call from Bertie Fisher to see if you would be available. I would say you didn't have to think about it too long. Didn't have to think too much about that one, Kevin. I was um, I was a rookie co-driver in them days. I had great years with James McDade as well, another local driver. Yeah. I had some very good cars. And, uh, you know, and when you had good cars like that from Sydney, all the cars come out of Sydney Meeks workshops back in the day. And... They were really well prepared and you could, you know, you could always rely on the car, what it was up to the driver and co-driver to do the job then. So James and me had some fantastic years. We finished third in Donegal in 87, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was a, a great result and uh, that was his best result. He's no longer with us, of course, at this time, but he's uh, he'd be very fondly remembered as part of the Donegal rally mm-hmm. and cre- contributed hugely in terms of events and bringing fantastic cars to the event. Mm-hmm. But... When I, when I did get the call in 89 to go with Bertie to join the Tough Mac team, uh, as you say, I wasn't wanting. I was very, my mind was made up very quickly. It was the best seat in Ireland pretty much at the time. And I was very privileged and, and uh, I cherished the moment and absolutely took it on with both hands. Mm-hmm. And like what success you'd had, like there was 11, 11 years of competing together. And, like, you know, you know, through Ireland and beyond, like, it was it was the stuff of dreams, really. Oh, it was, of course. I and the thing about it was, we we're eleven years together, Kim. But the eleven years we shared together, we had tremendous success. Like during that time, and you know, we had a tremendous team around us, tremendous car. Everything was the best. You know, with Bertie, he took no chances on anything, and, and there was no variables. Everything that we could do before the event, to uh, you know, which would add to the result, was done. Um, we left nothing to chance. We had a very good team, lots of people in the right places, 
And generally, when you have that success follows, mm -hmm. and really success breeds success. And of course, with an element of luck thrown in there, uh, we we were very lucky to have an incredible, incredible career together. And you know, we won. I think we won four Irish Starmac Championships during that time, mm -hmm. and we also won maybe nineteen rallies together or something to that effect. Something, yeah, which yeah. was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which again was mm -hmm. something, um, something uh, obviously I, I, I cherish very much. And you know, the memories going back to that day again. He's no longer with us, but I think he touched a lot of people in terms of um, his generosity and also in assistance with the rally, with the clerks, the courses. And even acting as safety officer in the Donegal rally yeah. back at the time when rally was when all yeah, rallying was very really much in jeopardy, mm -hmm. and you know Donegal was the reintroduction of rallying, and Matt Doherty was the clerk of the course at the time, and Bertie acted as safety officer, and as a result of that event, I think rallying got going again, and it was because he had so many proper people in the right places mm -hmm. to make sure the event was a success. At reintroduced or to keep rallying off again, yeah. and it's it's continued ever since. Mm -hmm. And like we should mention Austin Fraser too at this stage, you know, instrumental in getting the rally started originally back in the seventies, and was part of that team with Bertie there in eighty six when there was safety officer. Huge, huge man for yeah. the goal rally, wasn't he as well? Yeah, when you think about it, like Austin Austin Fraser really <laughs> was the architect of the Donegal rally. He was clerk of the course from nineteen seventy two. The actual very beginning until 1976, and you know he was he was the architect putting it together. And of course, with our local men on the ground here, with Fonzie McAlee, who's a huge part of it back at the beginning as well, Jim Callan. So these three guys put together with all the local support they they garnered from the local area. You know, hard to believe what they actually what they actually created. You know, because you know Donegal every year in June, this is an incredible gathering of people for a sporting event. Yes, and you know. I don't know any other sport that you could do that with. Like this is this has gone on. I don't know where we're 50 years into it now, and mm -hmm. it's an, it's an incredible sport and yeah. it's an incredible thing that they have created. And that you know the rally doesn't just happen like these people put huge effort in at the beginning, and then they just kept on developing and developing mm -hmm. to become the event that it is today. And it's passed through plenty of clerk. You know, there's lots of clerks, of course, through the years. Jim Callan, Ivan Fury, Charlie Reed. Uh, Danny Gormley, of course, he's no longer with us. Mm -hmm. no longer with us. Um, Matt Doherty mentioned earlier there. James yeah. Cole, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I could go on. I, mm -hmm. Paul Taylor, Tom Higgins. It's incredible the people that have had, you know, have had the rally and have, have uh, progressed the rally and all the time have grown it to a better event year in, year out. Yeah. And those people deserve, uh, you know, incredible credit for what they've done. And Emma McGee currently runs the rally and runs it to a very high level. And he's held in huge esteem around the country. He's a great contributor to other rallies as well. Mm -hmm. And you know that's that all uh, come June. All the people that Eamon helps throughout the year all come to Donegal to help out here. Mm -hmm. So it really is a tremendous bit of organisation, and uh, they deserve a huge credit. Yeah, I could think from the, if you think about it, that whole team involved in the background were all volunteers that you know take on this colossal uh, challenge every year, and they work tirelessly to make it happen. And the numbers that's involved then come the weekend. It's it's mind blowing the numbers that's involved to make it all come together. It's mind blowing, and of course, as you rightly say, they're all volunteers. Everybody does this for the love of the support. Like, and you know, you're talking <coughs> the clerk, of course, heads the event up, safety officers, the ambulance crews, the fire crews, the rescue crews, mm -hmm. the radio operators, the marshals, road open, road closed. It's immense the amount of work that goes into this, and the team that's involved. 
But I think the, in particular, Donegal Rally, which I'm very aware of, I understand quite a lot of how it works, but there's so many key people and key positions that make all this work almost seamless. And every now and again, that person might be replaced in the team. I want to say re replaced, I mean rotated. So for example, Kevin and Danny could be doing it this year, Rory Kennedy could be doing it next year, and the next person and so on. But the team remains the same. They just rotate the positions like. Yeah. And you know that, you know, people learn a lot from that and then they carry that experience on. So, you know, we're very, very lucky to have such an experienced team of organizers and a rally that's run so professionally. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And like we'll we'll, we'll skip back to Bertie again. Like we were saying, you know, like the, the great talent they had and they done everything so right. The iconic cars that he brought to Ireland and to Donegal, like we, you know, you think of Bertie Fisher, you think he's meant the, the BEM, the, the Subarus. Like it's it, Bertie took rally into a whole new level at that time. Absolutely, Kevin. And you shouldn't forget though that Bertie started out somewhere too, and his mm -hmm. first event was in the money. And in fact, his first event he was co-driving in the money. <laughs> so he's, he, he had done that a circuit of Ireland or two in the minis, and then he progressed to driving himself. So he's come right through the minis. The Mark One Escorts, the Mark Two Escorts, the Opel Esconas, the Opel Mantas, the, the three-door Sierra, the BMWs, the four-door Sapphire Sierra, the Legacies, and the Impresses, and the World Rally cars. Yeah. So, I mean, that is incredible. Yeah. And every one of them cars, he pretty much brought them to this country for the first time. And what's more, when them cars come up, to, come up for sale, there was a queue of people looking to buy them because they always knew they were the best cars, best prepared, best maintained. And always were winners, you know. So, mm -hmm. for example, Vincent Bonner's car in the background was Bertie's car yeah. at one point. Mm -hmm. I think there was almost a chain, like I've never Bertie used it. Then Vincent got it, you know, it was the same with the Skona, exactly. you know, you know. So, like there was always a chain, as you say, there was a queue of people uh, to take the car to the next level. Then, well, and if you look at that car, that's '83, that picture behind you there, mm -hmm. of Vincent won the rally. The very next year, James Colney was clerk of the course in '83, I think. Uh -huh. Yep. Very next year, which is 84, James Cullen drove that car himself. Yes. He drove the winning car in 84. Like, uh -huh. you know, um, so it just goes to show the way the cars rotate it. And I mean, the level of the level of preparation and certainly make motorsport in particular were, were market leaders in, in that division, in that mm -hmm. area, you know, at that time. And once you had a meat car, like you were in a position to win, like whatever yeah. category, it should be group one. Group four or the outright winners category. Mm -hmm. That was always the right machinery, you know. Mm -hmm. So now Bertie was brilliant in bringing the cars to this country and bringing the teams to this country, and actually raising the bar and bringing rallies to a different level. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. because he, he pulled everybody else up. They wanted to compete at that level, so they had to raise their game as well. You know, so. Exactly. Well, if you ask Austin McHale, he tells you the same. Every time Bertie got a new one, he had to get a new one. Like, so. <laughs> that's the way it was back then. Like. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, we got into like, the the is in, and yeah, Gary Jennings then come along, this young upcoming driver, and you know, you got the call to sit with him. I started off in a group in the Evos. Group in the Evos. Funny enough, Kevin. It's funny enough. Um, uh, often say, or Paula at home often reminds me that. I did three years in the World Championship. Uh, I was away for uh, 02, 03 and 04. I was away on the World Rallies and rallying the Berg as well. I sort of had a, a bit of a career wreck, so to speak, and did them. But then I came back in 05 and really my career was over. I, was, I really had no drivers. I was, I feel like I was washed up at that time and I looked pretty much like it was time to hang up the hat, you know. And then out of the blue, Ivan Fisher rang me one day and he said, um, we're looking for a co-driver for Gary Jennings for the Circuit of Ireland. 
And my first thing I said to Ivanus, who's Gary Jennings, I never met him before. And he says, oh, you know, Gary drives a wee Peugeot and stuff. And I says, that's right. I have an actual fact I had known him, you know, but and Gordon had co-driven for him. Gary was a works driver, don't forget, but yes. Peugeot in the British Championship. Mm -hmm. And maybe that was 04, it was for a bit there. I think so, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah okay. Back then, having won the 106 Cup, uh -huh. he progressed on to drive on the BRC with uh, the Peugeot team. But anyway, of course, Ivan, he said, um, that's a pretty good man. He's ideal. He's, he's, He's um, very suitable for you, you know, and he's no risk to you. And I know Gary and me teamed up for the circuit, and the circuit was based out of Enniskillen for the first time in 05. And we did the rally, and we finished sixth overall in one group end. Absolute, unbelievable drive, like a yes. uh, great start to our partnership. And that was in 05. And as we sit here now, Kevin, it's 2021. It's almost July or June 2021, mm -hmm. and we're still together, me and him, we're heading away to rally next week. <laughs> so <laughs> no, it's great the way we partnered up and the way yes. we've worked through the years. But anyway, it was great to do them rallies with Gary in the group and car in the and in the, in 05, 06 time. And then um, I think I moved on then to Mark Higgins at that yes. point. Uh -huh. We came and knocking and we went on and we did the British Championship together, which we won outright. Mm -hmm. I've won it twice with Mark, twice. So yes. I have four Irish tarmac titles and two mm -hmm. British championship titles. Mm -hmm. so obviously very proud of that too. And a great thanks to Mark for, uh, for me for driving. Um, so Mark and me did Donegal in 06 and 07. The first year was the year of the of the World, uh, sorry, of the Mitsubishi World Rally Team, mm -hmm. uh, which I think uh, I think we both agree on this. This probably the best year of the Donegal Rally ever yeah. in uh -huh. terms of um, World well, Rally cars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not just in the not just in the top category, I might add, but also in the national yeah. in the group N category and so on. Yeah. So an unbelievable entry and an unbelievable mm -hmm. rally. We ended up second. Two Mitsubishi's won two with Andrew Nesbitt winning. Mm -hmm. And we were, we were second on that particular. Yeah, and like this wasn't a like a detuned world rally car, it wasn't a customer car. This was the proper all singing, all dancing works team to come direct from the world championship. This was Again, the, the ultimate specs are really at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, this is it. Um, the cars were Mitsubishi World Rally Team, and they were being driven previously by Gigi Galley and uh, Henry or um, Hiro Impera, mm -hmm. I think, were the drivers prior to us. So the cars were they were full spec cars and more than capable of competing on any World Rally. Like, so when they came here, we had obviously we, we got what the car. The car came here full spec mm -hmm. and we did a day and a half testing with them and the way we had to do it because don't forget you had two you had two number one drivers which is a very <laughs> difficult <laughs> concept in any team and we had two drivers capable won the rally and two drivers very intent on the rally so we actually had two days of we had two and a half days testing mm -hmm. one day for ourselves exclusively ourselves okay andrew nesbitt was involved in that and then another day where andrew did his test separately yes. he didn't do it together because Obviously, had two drivers of, of that caliber, mm -hmm. and then we had one day where we both overlapped a wee bit. Like, yeah. um, no, it was a very interesting event, and we struggled at the start of that event where we had um, we had a tire issue where there was a bit of a problem with a batch of tires. But once we got going on Saturday morning, I think we we're fastest in the first th first six stages, okay. and I think one of my one of my very fond memories of the Nogala stage was that year. Mark had never seen Nogala prior to Donegal that year. He'd never yes. been. He'd been to the rally, but he hadn't even wrecked Donny or knock out. Right. So he and I wrecked the stage for the very first time on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And we wrecked the stage three times. 
And we turned up on Saturday morning, we went fastest time, first time over the stage. Like, she was the like, quality. Oh, Mark, mm -hmm. You know, like full marks, top marks, fair play. Mm -hmm. Mark was really on, on the ball that day. Like, yeah. Anyway, we finished second, which wasn't ideal, but Mitsubishi won, so that was ideal for them. Mm -hmm. they won. Yeah. And then 07, another year that will never be forgotten. Um, the the World Championship uh, team, Sitton was here with their number one driver, a certain Mr. Sebastian Loeb, who went on to win nine world titles. Like, how yeah, fantastic it, was that for the event? That was incredible that, um, that uh, Loeb would have uh, uh, chosen us one of his, had uh, chosen Donegal as one of his preparation events for Rally Ireland, which was coming the following year, mm -hmm. later in the year. Uh, later in the year, uh, yeah. Uh -huh. Later in the year. And the fact that they came to Donegal with the full team and uh, you know, they showed full respect for the rally. They came here to compete and get the car set up. But, you know, when you have somebody, he's a nine-time world champion now, I think he's a seven-time yeah. world champion at that point, maybe. And they came here and you have to hand it to him. They did a professional job. They, they got their car. Like, we led the rally initially. Uh, we were really, we really thought we were the business. Like, and uh -huh. of course, sorry, of course, this is Mark Higgins and me and the Pirelli Subaru, the yellow Pirelli Subaru, yes. run by Derek McGarity, which is also a very good team. Mm -hmm. And, we did our best, but we had a couple of things that beat us. We, we kind of beat ourselves a wee bit. We had an overshoot, which you simply cannot have. You know, you can't when you're racing at that level and so close. You cannot give a, show any weakness in that. Mm -hmm. That overshoot cost us 12 seconds or something. And then we had a broken down or we burst a damper on the Ocala and broke a wheel as a result of that. And that could give Loeb the lead. And then Loeb just progressively uh, disappeared into the distance. Like, mm -hmm. And we kept going. We were second again. but. At that level, you know, Kevin, the, the level we compete, and I don't mean to sound, uh, sound in any way, uh, boys want to say this, but for us, we either win or lose, you know, and if, you don't, if you're not first, you lose. Like, so, <laughs> well, I have too many seconds to tell you the truth. Yes. For, you, know, mm -hmm. you know, so that's the level we compete at, and, you know, that's the reality of it, and we finished second, and so bad. it was, it was mm -hmm. great on the day, but yeah. it wasn't ideal. No. <laughs> and then, you know, we skip forward another few years, um, uh, you renewed the Fisher-Kennedy partnership, Alistair Fisher, 2011, this works forward, like a Fiesta S2000. Like, That's right. And, Gar and Alistair at this stage was only, what, 22, 23? Like, such a young gun coming up and stepping up to that level. Absolutely That's brilliant. Right. Yes, Ali and me had done a few rallies previous to that in the Group N car, and we're progressing, he's progressing very well. Like, like the end of the day, Ali's a fisher and it's in them, you know, it's mm -hmm. that sort of um, steel and determination is in them to make them, uh, you know, competitive and compete at the highest level too. So as it turned out, Donny Donny all time came and we weren't really competing in the championship. So it was decided a one-off car was made available by Amsport. It's a car that Herbin and had won Monte Carlo won earlier mm -hmm. in the year. So again, top spec car, came to Donegal and uh, you know, Ali was very young, as you say, at the time. And from the very outset, we were in the mix with Tim McNulty, I think. I think mm -hmm. we ran second for a good bit of day one. We actually got on the lead momentarily after a, we did a fastest time over Glen, High Glen stage on the Atlantic Drive. Mm -hmm. And we got into the lead. And But anyway, we were really up against it. Tim McNulty had the S12B Subaru at that yeah. time. And, you know, on a head-to-head, -head, you were never going to beat them. So the rally... Um, we end up on his second again, like I say, he won or lose it. So, second again, Valley drove brilliantly, and it was great to reacquaint the Fisher Kennedy partnership again, especially in Donegal. On my home rally, and if you're speaking to Ali today, he'd tell you 
Donegal is very much a home rally for him as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the, you renewed the partnership then with Gary Jennings then as we went into the, the 2010s. And to, and to cap it all off, 2015, you know, getting your name back at that top of that finish round again yourself and Gary, like, did you ever think it would happen? I never thought it would happen again, Kevin. I thought maybe in the earlier, you know, in uh, sort of 06, 07, 08 time, it may have happened, you know, when we had the Mitsubishi's mm-hmm. and we had the February for that year. And I suppose if we didn't have a little bit, what happened, but sure, but I you know, much point saying that now. <laughs> but I really thought my chance of winning had gone again. And I'm eternally grateful to Gary to get the opportunity to go and compete and, and to win, you know, and to be a school driver, because as you know, He's a very popular driver, very spectacular driver. He's a fan's favourite. And, you know, once we get in the car and we get the countdown, the stage starts, it's very serious stuff. Like, and yes. when you concentrate and put your best foot forward, like Gary's never wanting, you know. And we we had we would have to say we had a perfect rally. Like, we yeah. left from the start pretty much. And uh, Saturday morning was still very close, but we stayed out of trouble. We kept to it. We kept the hammer down and doing fastest times. And when we had built up a lead of 23 or 4 seconds, we maintained that for a long, you know, throughout the day. And then towards the end of Saturday, we extended that out to 50-odd seconds or 57 seconds. Mm-hmm. And we had Declan Boyle snapping on our heels. And Donna was there as well. Yeah. Uh, I, can't, I can't really remember who else. But mm-hmm. they were close enough that you still had to keep you very honest. Like, mm-hmm. So on Sunday morning, we went out. And you know the way we decided we'd go on a harder tyre and everybody else was taking them almost a safe option by going on a medium. We took the risk and went on the harder tire, even though that the weather was very changeable mm-hmm. and very variable at that time. We went on the harder tire. Our, our, our weather crews got all the information and we brought it all together. We collated that and we thought, you know, if we're going to win this rally, we have to do something different to the rest of them. So all the rest looked like, you know, the medium compound. Mm-hmm. We decided, fortune favors the rave. Yeah. And we put on the slicks. We put on the hard, the hard slicks, and out of the six stages on Saturday, on Sunday, we won five of them. Like, right. You know, mm-hmm. last stage was the one we're second quickest on. Yeah. So really, it was um, it was a fantastic victory, Kevin. And to wind the clock back, personally speaking, mm-hmm. wind the clock back twenty full years since I won previous to that. Yes. Uh, with Bertie in two in nineteen ninety five, you know, mm-hmm. it really was one of them moments personally for me and my family. I finally left that cup, Jim Kennedy trophy as well. Yeah, uh, your father's so, name on the trophy yes. too. So yeah, get your chance to win that, and uh, my whole family, mother, brother, sisters, everybody was there. So you know, very poignant moment. And uh, person for me personally, it was one of the moments that you cherish uh, and treasure. You know, so mm-hmm. oh, it's fantastic. And you know, don't forget if I can go right back to the start. Yes, James Cup and me started out together in 1979. Like, who would ever thought? You know, we're only two cubs. Like. Uh-huh. You know, an adventure, and you know James had the talent to drive even back then. Because at one point in that rally, we were in twelfth place, like yes, from the start point of one hundred and twelve, hundred and twelve. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that speaks for itself as well. Like, mm-hmm. but who would ever believe if you roll all the years forward? Yeah. I won the rally four times. Yeah. With three different drivers. Yeah. And James won the rally twice as well. Mm-hmm. With Alan Morgan, who unfortunately is no longer with us yeah. either. But I mean. When you think about it, like we're only two cubs starting right away back then, uh-huh. and we've been lucky enough to have scored. I would say the best ones in my career were here. Yeah, we're going to go. mm-hmm. I, and like you know, it probably in, in 1979 you had fantastic dreams, but never the dreams that you know the way it all finished out. 
absolutely not. No, you would never mm-hmm. thought like, you know, could this ever have been done? In fact, it wouldn't even have entered your head. Mm-hmm. But because we're, I suppose you have a wee spark in you and there's something that drives you forward and mm-hmm. it's your sport and you put everything into it. Like even if you weren't competing, you were going spectating or you were servicing yeah. or you were helping out or contributing in some shape or form. And it's something that you've been doing all your life, all the way up. Uh-huh. And really, these these um, victories then are sort of accumulation of that, you know. Because yes. it takes all that experience and time and effort and, of course, disappointment and learning mm-hmm. to deal with disappointment and then winning and learning to deal with winning and how to conduct yourself and how to show, you know, if you win somebody else's second or third, you know. Uh, and and you, you've you felt that, uh, uh, that, you know, that hurt as well, haven't you? So uh, you understand what other people's hit then too, you know. So. You know, uh, I don't dwell on this too much, but like in, in, in what year was it, 91, um, the year of the captain, we went off yes. the road and landed, like the finger was pointing very much at the coat That's your low time. So you really have to sort of push that to one side. And I, I remember at that time, low point in my career, I thought maybe this could be the end of it. But then we went on to do the next rally and I, I was more determined than ever. It made me more determined never to succeed and you know to um, show a bit of resilience and come back in the strongest way possible. And by doing that, we went out and we won the next rally, which is the Ulster Rally. Like, yeah. You know, so from a complete downer to a complete upper, you know. Uh-huh. So the point I'm making is that all this experience helps you deal with that. You know, and it's, in, it's like experiences in life where you can deal with disappointment. You can deal with um, when you win and when you're successful and you have victories. And, you know, how to be humble and, you know, mm-hmm. how to deal with all them things. Like, yeah. and rallying has taught me all that right the way along through, Jesus and dear, say over 40 years of uh, competing, like. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, you know, you know, we can't forget friendship and all this. Like, the friends you've made that will be, you know, the friends you made back in the 70s are probably still friends today. And there's probably friends you've made the last couple of years, you know, that it's, it's such a sport that, you know, you're not removed from the fans, you're not removed from all the competitors. It's a, it's everybody's in this together almost kind of vibe, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, Kevin. I have to say, you'd have to say that, that more than any, well, as much as any other sport, competitors and rally and help each other, right? Mm-hmm. They'd even take the shirt off their back and give it to you, like if you had to, you know. Yeah. And I've seen people, you know, sacrificing something themselves to give to their competitor, you know, to, to make sure they could continue and maybe mm-hmm. leaving them a bit vulnerable then that if something happened there, Carol, they wouldn't have the spare to yeah. replace it. You know, I've seen that happen on numerous occasions and you make friends. And the, and the great thing about rallying too, don't forget, it's a huge cross-community sport. Yeah. There's no barriers, no borders, no religions, mm-hmm. nothing. We're mm-hmm. all competitors, we're all friends, and we do what we can to help each other, you know, when 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 um when the tough when the going gets tough. And if you look back to the time when rallying, I'll just give you that example earlier, where rallying was stopped because of the insurance crisis, and Matt Doherty came along and he created the Irish Rally Competitors Association, mm-hmm. where he asked everybody to contribute a certain amount of money, yes. and the entire country, far and far beyond, contributed to make an insurance fund that we could get the sport going again. Yeah. So you know, there's huge camaraderie, and it reaches across so many different communities, different countries. Everything and I, I for one, am, am proud to be part of a sport where you can say that. Like, mm-hmm. well, Rory, I think that's as nice a point to wrap it up as any because it's always good to end in a high point, and that's of it is a, a nice positive note there to wrap up there, isn't it? So, a pleasure speaking to you as always. Always a pleasure, Kevin, and it's um, 
It's just a wee bit ironic that the Donegal Rally this year should have been on the 18th, 19th, and 20th of June. Uh-huh. That's the real traditional date. Yes. You know, it doesn't come around to be on that date. You know, the, the, the days can be, but 18th, 19th, and 20th. Uh-huh. On the very first day, I remember doing my school exams <laughs> up in St. John's College like, when, I was, when I was doing my leaving cert, trying to get out that the rally was on. And here I was sitting <laughs> on the exam, doing my geography exam. And you had to spend a half an hour Doing half an hour was the minimum amount of time you could have spent doing right. it. And then you could leave after that. And I remember doing my geography exam in half an hour and running out the, out the door. And Tom on the left to go and see the rally. My father and all was in the rally. And Tom on the left. And this is a wee story. I, I, don't, I don't think I've shared this too many times, but I remember doing that exam that day and finishing very early afternoon, two o'clock or half two. Yes. Running out the door, handling my paper, running out the door. And I was standing down on the Melton Road, Tom on the left to see the rally. And who came along and picked me up but John Lyons. <laughs> and John Lyons was an auto test champion at that time. John yes. Lyons from Castle Bergham champion. Uh-huh. A great friend of mine ever since. Um, lives up in Dunpanny there and I meet him quite frequently. Like John Lyons came along in a wee 1275 Clubman Mini and picked me up. And I said, where are you going? He said, going to the rally. I said, so am I. <laughs> we spent the weekend watching the rally. <laughs> And we've been friends ever since, and of course, John was on to win the rally. Yes, you know, 82 or whatever. 80, it was. 81, 82, yep. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. We're keeping good company from a very early age. That is for sure. <laughs> Not absolutely ironic, you know, you go out and thumb a lift. Yes, of all the people that could have stopped, yep. Uh-huh. And off we went. Um, I'm, not too, I'm not sure, I think Derek Porter might have been with him that same day. Brilliant. I'm really certain it was. Uh, <laughs> it was off, we went to watch the rally, and of course, I knew all the roads and all the stages. Uh-huh. needed no Sign you all the way into the stages. Oh, yeah, it was a benefit. It was a one-one situation then, wasn't it? One-one, like, <laughs> one-one. That was a, a, a rare wee story, wasn't yes. it? Back <laughs> that was the 18th of June that same day. That time. <laughs> and did you <laughs> pass the geography exam? <laughs> pass that geography exam. Oh, good one, Max. <laughs> right. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right, Kevin. Cheers on that. Hey. So, I'd like to welcome along now, Sam Moffat. Two time winner at Donegal Rally. Sam, you're very welcome. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, you've, you're, you're bringing back a bit of history talking about the years of Donegal here. So yeah, it's good to good talk. That's always, always good to catch up. And like, I suppose before you started competing, like your dad and your uncle competed in Donegal for many years. Is that, do you have memories of those years? Yeah, I have, I have good memories of, you know, and um, through different villages in Mark who's in the Porsche. I don't know if I remember the one-legged Porsche. Um, I grew in the middle of Glen Village, looked at the wall. And uh, yeah, I have a few good memories of both my uncle and Robert and even my mother. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good memory and a good place to go. Uh-huh. And then uh, yourself, you started competing then. It would have been about 2010 um, and the Evil Nine at that stage. Yeah, even mine, uh, ran by Jerry McGarry at the time. You know, I think it was a bit daunting for the first three there. Um, what do I remember? I remember making sure, you know, James arrives at me. We needed to get to the end of the rally to learn the stages, get all of them, and be ready for the year after, because when it goes to one of those places, you can't even know where you're going, and learning at year one is, is a big learning curve. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I'm a very impressive result that first time you come away with third in Group N and at that stage Group N was you know a very like very competitive uh, you were talking you were competing against some big names even then 
Yeah, Keith Bowen really near Alistair. And yeah, there's plenty of people there at a good level. Yeah, for us to get their third in, in group time was, was great. Unexpected, but yeah, you're going to take it when you get it. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you battled then 2012. Um, we'll jump forward then. Martin Doherty and Connor Harvey and, and Josh. Like, you, it was, that yeah. was some battle that year. That was a great year. Uh, I think we had a good start to the rally. Um, and then some reason on stage 10 and 13, Josh cleaned us um, and really got himself back in. And Martin and Connor were never far away, everyone taking stage wins here and there. And we had a right battle with Josh um, the whole way through that rally. And he even took the lead again. And, we got it over the last three stages and you know it's it was back to go. You end up racing for three minutes, how are you still so close? But we talk it was kind of close races to the whole for the hoop to the whole in Donegal. So uh-huh. it was it was another one of those rallies where yeah, everyone talks about at the start, oh you need to finish, you need to finish. But it's a three day sprint. We talk about these marathons, but uh-huh. uh, the, it's all racing, full tilts and uh, yeah, you're going as hard in the first stage as you were in the last stage. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you come across, you know, you come across the line at the to won the event, uh, beating Josh. Like, would that make an interesting conversation then at the dinner table that evening? Oh, definitely. I think that may have been his first dunny goal. So he was slagging me and how he was so close to me in his first dunny goal and things. But no, in fairness, he's quick. Like, we did have good leads on him, but. He definitely he always asked his way back. So yes. yeah. There's plenty of slag and even today. No, it's no worse now as it was then. Or, <laughs> no better. Or no better. <laughs> or no better. So, uh, yeah. 2013, uh, just before Monaghan, uh, you were testing your Evo, the engine blew. So you you hired a McKinstry Subaru S14, the world rally car, had a phenomenal yeah. day in it, won the rally. Did that put ideas in your head coming up to Donegal then? Yeah, put a lot of food for thought now. Um, I suppose we, we blew the engine up quite even. Thought the rally was over. Wanted to blow up the rally. Looked for an engine really for the Eagle. Um, and Kenny had just taken in or acquired a brand new, brand new to him S14. And uh, yeah, we gave him a call to have a talk night. That night, maybe tried on the belts and everything. I went down, yeah, we went down that night, parked the recce car, sat in the car, done the recce, tried the recce done as early as possible to get out of a test on last night, basically at home, which is probably the worst place to do testing. But, um, <laughs> and yeah, I think in the first stage, Declan, we were second or third fastest or fourth fastest, maybe, but we knew that we were like not far away and we could race and then. Excellent of an excursion at the time, and we booked ourselves up and got the win, which was great. And you know, I don't know what made us go to Donegal in the world, but uh, yeah, we got a bit of a niche and, and we went. Like, none of us were expecting to, to finish where we were. Uh, there was a lot of good names Donna, Karen, Gas, Gary, obviously, and Tara Reardon, probably missing the food there. Course, uh, yeah. We're all there, and uh, yeah, we were just looking to try and see if we mix it all with them, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, like, what a dream then, you know, to, oh, to be battling with it. Guys, names you grew up probably respecting and looking up to, and now all of a sudden you were up there amongst them all. 
Oh yeah, not 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 weeks after that. We before that we were in a group in here in Killarney and doing things and mm-hmm. you know, stage six we were as close as one second off the off the fastest time in Donegal that year. So we knew we had a yes now it was first stage we clean done, but mm-hmm. yeah, we kept a steady pace in 2013 and you know there were some circumstances that allowed us to get the win Gary getting and stuff. You know, I can I can remember uh, that night driving in say Europe, don't you get affected by running first on the road and you know you're just gonna have to try and keep your head and you know I think we we've done a good job of maintaining it on the Sunday morning. Uh, I think we went into Glen starting from Highland uh, and that was the first days and never forget it. I was received back in behind me again. Okay. Uh, we started with that stage and I knew I thought it was going to get caught. But thankfully, we had a pretty good stage time in there. And uh, once we got our first stage over Sunday morning, now it was, um, yeah, great. The last stage then was probably as bad as the first one that morning, just trying to get through it. Yeah. it we had much experience of winning rallies or, or racing at the top in World Cars. So we were just, um, well, first of all, delighted with the opportunity. And then probably when we go over the last stage, the nerves could relax that bit. But yes. yeah, what a, what a year. It was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, boy whom, boyhood dreams come true, like to win your home rally and then to come to Donegal and do it again is fantastic. Oh, you know, so. Yeah, and second time in the world, I couldn't believe it. Just, yeah. could not, but, um, you know, we did race a lot of good drivers then. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, like, it's such a long time ago, or feels like such a long time ago now. Yes. Uh, eight years ago, so we were the youngest person ever to win Donegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, absolutely. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's one nice thing to have on it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we couldn't believe it. Didn't know if we'd ever do it again. Um, and you know, thankfully, the year after we got a, a fiesta and we had that opportunity. But that year it was back to the group end start after that and, and continuing as we were. Probably, yeah. But the group end didn't feel as good as we were driving it before then. But yeah. obviously, there's some good time this to mm-hmm. the end of that season. Yeah. And then 2014, there as you alluded to, you were back then in the festival World Rally Car and like back to defend your title. Um, the two liter car world car was still sort of king of the hill, but the like you were the festa and you were giving Dick in a real good battle all Friday, like it was nip and tuck between you. And then yeah. Saturday morning, I suppose the two liter car got maybe got the legs on you, maybe the lights and knock all that, and then faster stages. But you didn't give up, you know, you kept chipping away. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to probably ask me a question later on that I'm going to um, answer now. People ask me what was my favourite year, and maybe until 2019, my most favourite year, even at size 13, was 14, because it's not about how many minutes you win, it's about those type of battles, and that was some battle. Like, I think for the first six days, we both took stage wins the whole way through each them, and we spot the lead in every one. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had some battle. Everyone had run off the 1.6 cars versus the two-liter cars. Yeah. And I was there to, well, one, prove the two-liter cars wrong, to try and defend the rally myself. And okay, we had that. I think we'd only four rallies over us, maybe, or five okay, rallies yeah. over us in, uh-huh. in, in, in the Fiesta. So we're only fighting our face, but we knew Declan was going to be very good. Yeah. I really wanted to prove myself from the year before. There's questions I asked about, you know, obviously, I was handed the victory, and I really wanted it. I really wanted it that year. 13 didn't expect it because 14 I really, really wanted to want to improve our pace there and everything. Yes. So we were really offered 
maybe my inexperience of Magala only doing it two or three times before that. Right. Um, that's where you got away. I, I could be into the car and I've been raised the two so maybe we'd be closer. I don't know. Uh-huh. But Declan was very strong over Magala. I think the second time over Magala, the first time over Magala, sorry, he took the 12 seconds, but we had four in the bag. Right. I'm not so he took eight seconds, maybe it's enough. Yes. And then I think we took another four in the next stage, so we had to make that time that I could four seconds. And they took the win in the second time over Magala. Right. Just before we started this interview, I was actually just taking a bit of a thick time through it. I think I just must have lost a wee bit of spirit and let him get away. He's kept stage times then. Yes. Experience at that point is, is, is what happened there, but it was a great year. I was very proud of our times in the 1600 car race, not a two year there. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked back to the end to that year, and it was, it was phenomenal. The racing between two drivers, mm-hmm. I and like the respect between you, you know, like as we all, I've said so many times before, like every second counts from the clock's ticking, but you know, the stage ends and the stage starts. The friendship and the camaraderie between you all, it's just, it's a joy to watch, isn't it? Really? Oh, yeah, like, especially between all competitors, not even, you know, myself and Jackson. If Jackson had a problem, um, I even out there to help him when he, I had to go to the stage start, and I remember his car starting, and I remember and Gary and Aaron running back to get his car to go. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to the start line, um, and, you know, credit. Um, to everyone for getting going because you don't want to beat someone on on a on a default. So um, credit to them and I'm the race going. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then you know, uh, 2016, the the Tarmac Championship went down the R5 route, and the mm-hmm. Donegal and Donegal, the the Donegal lads still wanted to bring out their World Rally cars. But like yeah. you know, again, like a great battle. You know, obviously the top guys, but then the R5s. Were you know weren't too far away, and that you know the way it developed over the weekend was just it was fascinating to watch. I don't know what it was like to compete. In. Yeah, I, I, I remember that year because you know there's a lot of people asking us why he's not taking the channel, and we were, were we still are we're very big supporters of the R5 category. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great platform for racing, and there's a lot of questions asked on the R2 is going up in the and all this yeah. kind of stuff. You know, I think today proves that it was the right decision. Um, and that year we had, you know, Keith was facing Manus and I think Manus went into the field that year and came back out and said they won the rally. Mm-hmm. And we were leading down to Sunday morning due to mishaps and others. And it was West going into, what's his name? Was it Fennel? I'm not sure. My confidence is not there in the wet and the two days is exceeding our stages. It was a big battle and we fell straight back. And yeah, there was a credit to watch the race happen in front of us then at that point. Um, I'll never forget the last stage between three days and then we're right into the point one of the second or something. Uh-huh. You know, it, it, that was a bit to see if, even if you weren't just competing there, we got third overall, I think, that year. And yeah. Uh-huh. We had a few podiums, and I was delighted with it. And yeah. we get the start of the R5, things started then, and yeah. you see where this to this bit. I did, you know, like, you know, we can't deny that the R5 category has revitalised Irish Rally, and there's no doubt about that, is there? You know, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then 2017, back again, and yourself and Alistair Fisher, what a battle that was that year, you know? So. Yeah, we had a great battle that year, um, right up until 
Sunday. There was only ever nip and tuck between us last whole year. Right? Uh, five or six seconds in Donegal. Yeah. Nearly, nearly every event up to that as well, it would have been the same. Yeah, right? yeah, we'd, we'd nip and tuck, but we'd never seen the shot of us over. I should have my roof, so after that, um, and I think he finished second, he was fourth overall that year. We took second place points, so we happened to take the points, and it was a smart move because we ended up getting the championship yeah. that year. And another mm-hmm. um, that year was fantastic. Yeah, what a year you had, like you know, you forestry champion, tarmac champion, national champion, national. and the Celtic trophy. Like, yeah, 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 that's right. It's a phenomenal year for you, really, wasn't it? Yeah. We had a great year and we had great battles through the year. And, you know, we, I think we competed again everybody that year. Uh-huh. Every many competition, which is the main thing. And, um, yeah, that year we needed to get the points. We knew that we were strong. I was had a non-finishing in Killarney that year. So that uh, was taking the league of the championship as well. Uh-huh. You win too, so. Of course, yeah. That year too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then uh, 2018, I, <laughs> this brother of yours doesn't give you an easy this year. The two of you had the Titanic battle all weekend again. That was phenomenal. That was a phenomenal year. So it's probably another one I forget. Um, running the same team, seeing everything, and just down to driver ability. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it was nip and tough all weekend here, and all the conditions were fabulous. Um, you had a few extra people in, you'd rob Bilkin and Callum in. And right, yeah. mm-hmm. Alistair was still there. And I, don't know, I, I can't remember the overall results, but I think my first were right out at the front. Now, everyone was still taking good stage times, and I think everybody had their own stage rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of the ones that I got at that weekend compared to the following weekend, but mm-hmm. hey, great weekends are this and this. Cars come home, especially because there's the odd time we've been racing one car since months. Everyone was happy when the two cars come home. Yes. Same thing. <laughs> because a few phone calls that we were ignoring from home to say it's just <laughs> my phone was. I didn't know where my phone was at that stage. Oh, it was lost somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then 2019, um, you decided to go back to the world car um, yourself. Craig Breen, Declan Boyle, like, what a phenomenal Friday, what a phenomenal day's rallying, and into Saturday then, though, too, like, it's going to be looked back on as, like, one of those, you know, outstanding battles. What was your recollections of that? Yeah, well, obviously, we had a bad start to the 2019 Arthur Championship, and you know, looking at everything, rumour had that Craig was going in the World Card, Declan wasn't taking his RF car, he was going in the World Card, Donna was going and taking the World Card. I was like, if you're going to do it one year, it'll be the year that Craig's going and we're going to see all that. But we thought we'd give it a go and we put a lot of effort into that weekend um, watching DVDs from previous years. So now we, you know, we the advantages we have there, you know, we've done it in 16, 17, 18, and you know, we had DVDs and we studied it and studied it. We kind of knew, but Friday was the Friday that nobody really done those yeah, stages. I, I was new to you. Yeah, my ears doing uh-huh. So, yeah, it was tough trying to watch Kevin's DVD and stuff and, and watching them. Yeah, we had some very big moments on stage two and three. Um, 
Neville's one out on a highway came out of his pub and tried to hit the gravel section flat. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> and yeah, we got through Friday, I think we were third maybe, but we were we were always that second or third place, but never far off the lead through yeah. the day. We were always nipping away. And uh, once we got under more states that we knew, yeah, things things together pretty well there. Yeah. Yeah. Just ten minutes. Uh -huh. Like you know, Declan Boyle, you know, hungry to win again. Craig Breen, you know, like you know, a regular and up to the previous year and back again now in the World Championship. Like and, and yourself, like what a you know, unbelievable. Like it's just I'm lost for words to put it into it. It was uh, we watch it on the stage. It was just like it was tense a second here, tense back again. It was crazy. It was that fight was crazy. Like, we came up the first season. We were just asking to know what our safe time was. And when I knew that we were within two seconds or whatever, I said, we can, we can miss this. Like, we, we're uncomfortable at this. And, you know, I'm getting up with the car prepared that the car was, I was driving the car naturally. I wasn't have to fight with the car anyway. Right. Really good. And, you know, that comes down to it. You know, you're not Whole team just making sure everything was there. You know, everything was just working so well. Mm -hmm. We changed in the Saturday, and uh, you know we were never taking any lumps of time there, and there was no limp lumps to be no. taken. We were all on our limit. Yeah. We just half second, half second. It's like you know, our job when we were taking a stage fastest time, like you know, we couldn't write it. Or, uh -huh. And there was nobody could be read off, and you know we were waiting and free to just come around and take this. Five, six seconds on one stage, and they're like, uh -huh. this is this? We, we kept pushing on. We, you know, back in 2014, we lost on the but on this year, we've done a lot of work and watched a lot of onboard to see where all the seconds was. And that was the stage we took real good time, and we put a real good push on. When you come back, when you go over that pad, and you can go um, out over that reef, you must jump, and you go up into the mountain. I seemed to go really well in there. It's tight, fast, and twisty. Mm -hmm. Really, the full football fit that section in there. I really enjoyed that. And uh, we had a great push in there. And I think it was a wee bit of a breather. And then Craig had to spin on it the second time round, which you know, opened up a bit of a gap. Uh -huh. We went the Sunday morning. Like, Craig was going to come hard. And uh, yeah, Sunday morning, first stage. Mm -hmm. I push hard. Was there a drizzle on the road? We we started first few stages, uh, first few corners, pushing the nose, pushing the nose. I said, I said to James, we're losing pain here, losing pain. Came back to the football field, and I didn't really realise it until, until now, but there was a left hand over coming onto the football straight, there's a bump coming out onto the, the straight. Mm -hmm. We were in the house, the whole car riding the post, the whole way along there, and I was like, We've lost a bit of time, and rightfully so. We lost four seconds big in that stage, and straight after that, you know, um, there was no one wanted to go rallying. Obviously, with Bob and Madison, yeah. When we came in the stage, we got a phone call um, going into Atlantic Drive, and I thought it was a case that we didn't want to be standing up there. It was a terrible laugh, you know. We had fun of them all, we came in. 
people around me saying uh, tire choices and different things and what tires was I use and everything. It was just, it was unbelievable. You couldn't, couldn't actually acknowledge that it happened, but it wasn't possible. And no. We, we definitely found it tough and, and everybody did. And it, mm-hmm. was, uh, it was unbelievable. I was three times winner of a rally. Came such a nice person. You know, so welcome and all of this. And it just didn't seem real. It couldn't be real. It couldn't no. It was a chance time for everybody, and mm. yeah, yeah. I had such a big character, and you know, like the big smile, the big welcome. Oh. You know, he was just everyone was big about him, wasn't it? You know, so. yeah, like you know, he was egging, and he was. I'm sure he was supporting them all, but when Hackman was gone, he was egging me on a lot. Go on, uh-huh. I'd love to see you win, and you know, he was he was always very supportive of everyone, and he gave me a, he gave me a ring Saturday night, also to, to just give me. Give me the, the thumbs up and have go for it. This is yours, you can do it. And, uh-huh. you, know, uh, you know, it's always nice to have a relationship with someone. And, uh-huh. uh, yeah, always great time from in France. For sure, for sure. So we'll start, we'll start wrapping up here now. Um, you're the, looking back at all them battles over the years. Is there one, is it, is it, is it you know, was it 2014 with Declan or is it 2019 the battle with Craig and Declan? What stands out to you as your defining Donegal moment? Yeah, it's a big one. I always said 2014, um, race in Declan, and then I suppose 19 has to be, you know, the one that you didn't get. Mm-hmm. 19 has a sad side, you know, and, you know, yeah. we lost Manus in the middle of one of the greatest battles that I was ever involved in. It's kind of shades away from it because, you know, that's obviously more important than from the right. Ryan. It was sad. So, yeah. They all have their highs and they all have their lows. Course, you know? yes. And uh, it lives on that you, you want to win when you go and I live for the race. So hopefully mm-hmm. next year will be even better. And yeah. you know, point on it, probably something like North Island 2019 getting the state, big stage win was a burning point in that rally for us. Uh-huh. And, uh, Probably in 2014, it was the losing point for us doing yes. the Alice. So, you know, there's highs and lows, and you know, we take all the epic battles and, and look forward to the next one. Yeah, I because that the 2014 losing the battle in Nogala probably focused you more on it in 2019 to find out exactly where you could make up the time. It was where we thought we would lose the time to everybody on that year, Craig, you know, being very quick and committed. We knew that we had to be committed, and as if there's a photograph somewhere of us coming out over one of the top of the hills in Macala, right on the cliff edge, leaving four black marks sideways out over one of them cliffs. So mm-hmm. we were definitely pushing. And uh, <laughs> I got to the and back on everyone that year. We, 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 got, uh, we got things right and it all worked together. So, yeah, I suppose 19 was a big year. And it's nice to have won it two, two times and be recognised for it. And, and thanks for taking me on as well, Kevin. So, mm-hmm. um, delighted to be honest. Yeah, no, it's a, a pleasure now to always to talk to you. And like you know, we're looking forward now to twenty twenty two, the fiftieth anniversary of the event. It would be nice to put your name on the trophy once again. Yeah, it would. Um, there's going to be a lot of people looking for it again. <laughs> I, I would say will come back for it again, no doubt. Yes. Said a few times it's the one that will win. So yeah, it, we have to see what we have categories of cars go and you know, yes. if someone arrives up in a, in a 2021 
Um, yeah, it's big. It's going to be hard to race them on that. But yes, yeah, you know, I mean, actually, it goes the way a lot of people will argue the point. I'd love to see it in an all-off favours. Yes. Um, because you know you're getting those people in who maybe can't afford the world tour, and you're getting and then uh, you know, talent and back from Europe, or you know, it's giving a lot of people who maybe don't have the opportunity to world tour and go in that race. And mm-hmm. it's back to you beat everybody, and that's what you want to do. Yeah. I wouldn't. Be Donegal, if you were Donegal World, Donegal World are going. So yes, I'd say next next time Donegal is on, I'm going where the competition is. Yes, <laughs> yeah, because like those um, R five cars are so competitive. You know, like the Fiesta, the Hyundai, the Skoda, the Volkswagen. Like they're all. It's really the the guys behind the wheel that's making the difference, isn't it? They're so even. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the World Tour thing is you know you've two liters and sixteen hundreds and okay, I have a somewhere in any way, but. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us. I really appreciate you, and hopefully we'll catch up on the stages soon. Um, thanks very much. Good Thank you. Bye.